Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Patterson, Michael Remus with you for the next couple hours. Lots to get to as Jets training camp continues. And tonight, our first home game day of the year. The Winnipeg Jets with a more veteran-loaded lineup for on-home ice than we saw in Edmonton on Sunday, taking on the Ottawa Senators tonight at Canada Life Center. And we've got some tickets to give away on the program. So make sure you hang around. We'll fire up the wheel of winners later on. We've got a few pairs to give out to Winnipeg Sports Talk listeners that might not have already been planning on going to the game, but the boys are going to hook you up. Should be lots of fun. Cannot wait to welcome in Sean Reynolds of Sportsnet and Mike McIntyre as well to the program for the latest on the Jets as training camp continues. Their thoughts on the first week so far, as well as tonight's game. And Darren Dunn as well before the end of the program as we've got two days left of live racing. Darren's going to fill us in on a couple of the massive jackpots that have to go before the end of tomorrow's final live race of the year. Going to be a great show. Great to have you all with us. Shout out to everyone in chat, especially Larry TSG, who just popped in to say hi hi to everyone in the chat before he's going out fishing. Hope you catch a few big ones, Larry. Uh, Big shout out to all the sponsors that make this show happen, including, of course, our friends at CoolBet Canada, Princess Auto and Not Auto Corp, along with Consolidated Supply, Vita Health, Fresh Market, Wallace & Wallace, Aikens Lake, Culligan Water, Royal Sports, F Apparel, Boston Pizza, our friends at Canadian Club Whiskey, Breezy Ben, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Little Brown Jug Brewing, and of course, Assiniboia Downs. Michael Remus, what's going on? Uh, so I'm getting fired up trying to keep track of all these uh, Jets lines for today. And also, I'm pretty pumped about yesterday's uh, you know, off-ice Jets acquisition or Jets broadcast team acquisition. So... Um, you know, they're having some fun with that. So there is lots to get to. And yeah, you know, first uh, home game of the year. It's preseason, but uh, it looks like we're going to have a really strong jet squad. If you want to go and see a bunch of guys who are going to be on uh, the big club when it starts in the, for real in uh, t- two or 17 days away, right? I saw the jet suite at Adam Lowry days. Yep, that away. would be 17. The, the, four, the 14th of October, first game of the season. They'll finish up the preseason, I believe, on the 7th and then have a week to get ready for uh, the games to really count. Uh, We'll get into the lineup as well. Some interesting starts on defense. I think some big games for some young players that will be looking to impress Rick Bonus in their first live game action in the preseason. We'll get to that in a minute. But you just sort of alluded to it, Reem. We spent yesterday talking about Dan Robertson, the new play-by-play voice of the Winnipeg Jets on TSN. It took a while to find out, but there was Dan calling the game on Sunday in Edmonton. And he, of course, introduced himself to Winnipeg Jet fans. And the latest shoe to drop was who the heck is taking over and filling the big shoes of Sarah Orleski, who has now gone to work for the Winnipeg Jets organization. And we got that answer last night, not from a press release from TSN, not from anything from the Jets, but in fact, a tweet from TSN's Brian Mudrick who congratulated Winnipeg's John Liu for a homecoming of sorts. John Liu coming back to the peg to be the new TSN correspondent in Winnipeg. 
Um, listen, John's been around for a long time, incredibly respected veteran. Very cool that he's coming back to his hometown of Winnipeg. Many people might not have known that. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, John was one of the first graduates of the Red River Crecom position and has gone on to have an amazing career, spent all those years in Montreal. Certainly, Remo, the fashion plate of the media. He was rocking the bow tie before they were cooled, and everyone started wearing them. He stopped, but he also dropped the infamous suit-shorts combo as well, which I don't think I've really seen on anyone outside of maybe the NBA draft. But uh, he brings some style, some great experience, and uh, nice to see a great veteran popping into the uh, Winnipeg market. And, of course, even cooler that John's coming home. Yeah, when I heard that um, Sarah was leaving for the Jets, I was like, man, this uh, Jets on TSN broadcast, they're in trouble. What are they going to do? It kind of like the Calgary Flames situation where the Flames, they had a problem with uh, how are they going to replace Kachuk and Gaudreau? And same with the TSN Jets broadcast. I mean, no Dennis, no Sarah. Um, This would be a tough year, a tough transition year for the Jets on TSN uh, broadcast, but full credit. Uh, to Winnipeg, or for to TSN for filling the spots they went out and got Huberto, not Huberto and Kadri. Uh, just just kidding. They got Dan Robertson and John Liu, <laughs> uh, from Montreal. I didn't realize Montreal TSN was the farm team for Jets TSN, but I two, I mean two veteran uh replacements uh established. Uh, this is a great off season for Jets on TSN when you thought the broadcasts. We're going to take a turn and, you know, not have the same feel they have now. They'll certainly be, certainly be different without Dennis and, and Sarah, but these are, are two great ads that I am I can get fired up about. So I'm no excited, really excited now to see um, what this new look broadcast brings. Uh, you know, very, some, very well done. Some amazing, uh, by the way, that's a great analogy, Remus. I, I <laughs> laughed when you told me that earlier on. Um yeah, some people, Stonewall Dave, I had no idea John was from here. Manny Fran, John Liu, Winnipeg Press Club slow pitch legend. Frosty says he's an SJR grad. I did not know that. Patrolman Pete, this is this is a fact. This is not an opinion. This is a fact. John Liu's drip is unmatched in Canadian sports broadcasting. Absolutely no doubt about that. And uh, we'll certainly look forward to hopefully having John and Dan join the show and Talk a little bit more about the move to Winnipeg coming up. Um, now, I'm not sure whether John will be on the broadcast tonight. As I said, this was a tweet from Brian Mudrick, whether this is still, um, he's going to be out here for the start of the regular season. I guess we will see. But hopefully we'll hear Dan Robinson get to call his first goal as the play-by-play voice of the Winnipeg Jets. Made that trip out to Edmonton on Sunday. Uh, had none go by the Edmonton Oilers goaltenders. I'm sure that'll be a little bit of a different story tonight when we see the lineup that the Winnipeg Jets are icing this evening. And, you know, as normal, usually the road team is going with a pretty young lineup. That will be the case for the Ottawa Senators tonight. Different story for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, here are projected lines for this evening. All of the top six in, with the exception of Pierre-Luc Dubois, who played in Edmonton on Sunday. So it does look like Connor Shifley and Ehlers will get out for the first time as they uh, align together this season under Rick Bonus, And Adam Lowry will move up in between Blake Wheeler and Cole Perfetti. As far as the rest of the uh, top, uh, rest of the top 12 goes up forward, <clears throat> Mikey Esamont, 
excuse me, Mikey Esamont, Dominic Toninato, and Saku Manalainen, and Daniel Torgerson, Henry Nikonen, and Limoges on the uh, on the fourth line. Now, where this gets interesting is the blue line. Had a chance to see Logan Stanley on Sunday, and you know he struggled a little bit. Big chance tonight for both Dylan Sandberg and Vili Hainala to show what they can do. It looks like Sandberg's going to be playing with Neil Pionk. Brendan Dillon will be paired with Vili Hainala. And Simon Lungmark gets an opportunity to skate alongside Josh Morrissey. And Connor Hellebuck and Arturi Salmanen, the goaltenders tonight. Not sure whether they plan to, you know, just ride Connor for the entire night or do a little bit of a, uh, a shared duty. Uh, but the bottom line is a good portion of the team that we expect to be on the ice for October 14th going to be in the lineup tonight for the first time for this season. And Rick Bonus is first time on the bench returning as a head coach of 2.0 Jets. Yeah, if you're looking to go to a preseason game, you're getting a pretty good lineup tonight. As you said, almost all of the top six just know PLD and Ottawa. We'll get to their lineup in a second, Hus. But you do get this in these preseason games where sometimes the home team, you know, you want to sell tickets, you know, please the fans. You dress, you know, closer to an NHL lineup and the road team wants to save their veterans for their home games. So they send the younger lineup. And I'm always reminded every year around this time, Paul Maurice's great, great quote. Uh, we were just lucky to be in the building tonight. Do you remember that one in the game against yep. Minnesota where they got throttled like Seven nothing, and I think wasn't Minnesota like still putting on their number one power play? Yeah, at, like at late end? in the third period, Pomo <laughs> did not did not like that breach of coaching etiquette yeah. by his counterpart Unri- on the other side. That's an unwritten rule of preseason. Us when it's a clear, they know when it's a clear mismatch. You don't try to run up the score. Although, however, I have seen people betting on preseason hockey. I think Cool Bet has lines for that, right, Us? I don't. I, there might even be DraftKings fantasy. For preseason, so I would probably load up on the Jets, but hey, uh, you never know. You never know what could happen when you when you play the games. But this is looking like a solid lineup. And the Jets, Hus, at their practice, they did actually go through some power play lines, which is something that we haven't seen at all this uh, this camp. I can uh, bring those up real quick here, uh, thanks to Murad and Ken and Mike, all those guys who've been. Weeding out the lines. Uh, wow! Do- Just while you get that, I I yeah. I'm blown away. I had no idea that there was preseason DFS. I preseason DraftKings. I've never tried it, but I've seen people tweet about it. I think, and people are definitely betting. There's some DGens they're betting on preseason. <laughs> and I guess if you know the lines, maybe if you get on quick, you could take advantage. Um, yeah, once you see what te- what these teams are sending, essentially the home teams are going to be heavy favorites because usually, at least in the first okay. week of the preseason, they're not forcing the veteran players to travel, just the absolute yeah. minimum. Now, there aren't a ton of DFS contests, but yes, if I wanted to do a lineup for preseason hockey, which like, maybe I would to just to pick pick the Jets players and I could have some fun. Shifley, um, Ehlers, and Connor. That, I would probably just do that. Uh, oh, the salary. Okay, so the salaries are all the same salary. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, that's right. Everyone's fifty five. Everyone's the same salary. But anyway, that's for not not everyone plays uh, daily fantasy. But I. But if you know you do, that's out there. But here are the power play lines: Shifley, Connor, Ehlers, Icymont, Morrissey. So I'm assuming uh, Dubois would be in that Icymont spot. And then the second power play: Wheeler, Perfetti. Lowry, Pionk, Hainala. 
was the second power play. Hmm. So, you know, Ehlers getting that shot on power play one. We'll see how it works. I'm not sure if he was on his regular spot on the left side or I saw some people saying that him and Connor swap spots. Like he was on the right side and Connor was on the left left point. Maybe Mike or Sean can clarify that. But I always liked Ehlers on that left point, um, even though he's a left shot. At, at first, I was like, this is kind of weird. You would want him on your off wing ripping one-timers, but he seemed to make it work. And when they tried Connor there last year, he wasn't as comfortable as he is on that right dot uh, ripping shot. So I think the PP hmm. will be a work in, work in progress here. But it was nice to see hmm. some power play lines uh, being practiced. Well, absolutely. I mean, special teams is going to be a big, big part of what the Winnipeg Jets are going to try to improve this year. And I mean, the, they had enough talent. It wasn't like the power play was horrible. Uh, but it certainly, I think, could have been better. And people will hope that you know the addition of Nikolai Ehlers, one of, if not arguably, their most talented forward, certainly versatile offensively, gets in on that PP1 unit for the first time, really, since he's been a Winnipeg Jet. He's, for the most part, been um, mired on, on that PP2. Um, Stonewall Dave, if there's preseason DFS, if you click the link, it should bring you to a gambling helpline. Yes, that's true. It is pretty degen jumping on the preseason, but... We just thought we'd mention that, that it uh, that it is certainly out there. Um, Remo, as far as tonight goes, we spent a lot of time talking yesterday about sort of a rough day for Logan Stanley on, on Saturday, on Sunday, I should say. And again, it's just one game. But these young defensemen, and I'll include Billy Hainala and to an extent Dylan Sandberg as well, who are in the lineup tonight, really have a limited amount of preseason games to show what they can do. And you know, we'll see what this team is going to look like, probably preparing for the real deal in the final couple of games. But for tonight, I am really looking forward to getting into the building tonight, see what Billy Hainala and Dylan Sandberg look like playing with veteran members of the Winnipeg Jets defense. Yeah, I think, you know, if we had to do question, what are you looking forward to seeing in tonight's game? I think this defense battle, we've talked about it for months they haven't freed up any spots. There's no been no trade made. How is you know Dylan Samberg gonna look? How's Billy Hainala gonna look? And you have Dylan with Hainala, Samberg, Pionk. Um, I'm definitely interested. I'm like I'm not sure why. Like, if we had betting on who's gonna get that sixth spot, I think Logan Stanley. He went you know didn't really impress in game one. It's gonna be up to these guys. You know Hainala. He's gonna get some uh, time on power play too. Uh, Pionk as well. Or sorry, uh, but Pionk will be on that power play as well. Sandberg's more of the steady, bigger guy. Um, so I, you know, maybe Sandberg fits better in, into the lineup because I always like to reference Nintendo Ice Hockey. Has you got a lot of Jets have a lot of skinny guys and medium guys on D. They don't have big guys. The only big guy is is Dylan. Sandberg, I think, is a big guy. You got to have that that balance, and that's why you know what we talked about all summer. Oh, they might trade Dylan, and we hear everyone say, "Oh, you can't trade Dylan. He's the only guy." Only guy who's who's big and hits, and I do, you know, I'm here for that conversation. So, um, you know, but to Samberg, I think at the end of last year, Samberg definitely had the leg up um, heading into this year, but we'll see how that changes after after one game. Although, does, I mean, does one game, it, and we know the, these guys' body of work, does one game really going to sway the coaches one way or another? Well, like, you know like, what, I would get, we'll ask Granny about that and see what he thinks. I mean, I think the bottom line is that, you know, if we take Rick Bonus at face value, that you know it's pretty much a clean slate, and there is real competition for these spots, then yeah, I mean these games are incredibly important. And you know, listen, if Josh Morrissey has a bad game, is he going to be in the lineup? Well, yeah, 
Um, but the bottom line is, you know, when we're talking about how crowded that area is and Logan Stanley, Billy Hanela, Dylan Sandberg, all not established as part of the roster yet, never mind the top six. I guess Stanley has been part of the roster, but I think there's legitimate questions about that and where he fits in. So I think this will be. We're going to talk to um, Sean about this coming up in a second. Remo, here's an interesting one from Vinny in chat. Is tonight the night we see if the goal song has changed? What? Now, they were talking at the FanFest, actually. Ask, Sarah was asking uh, PLD and Wheeler if they would want a personal goal song. Now, I wouldn't want to be the guy who has to hit the button for the personal uh, goal <laughs> song. That would be hard, especially what if it's like a tip and you're not sure who it is. So I think, you know, personal uh, walk-up songs in baseball, that's easier. You know what's going to happen. But personal goal songs, I mean, you got to have some serious hotkeys for that. I think I'm the only person who has no issue with the Jets whole song. Uh, Gonna celebrate. It's got the woo hoo hoo hoo. I I like it, but it seems seemingly everyone everyone hates it. Now I don't think it's the level of the Leaf School song, which is probably the worst goal song ever. <laughs> like good song, good song. Um, it's the Hall and Oates one. I I forget. But anyway, the and they're asking Austin Matthews about it too. And uh, but it's good song, just terrible goal song. So I got no problem with the Jets <laughs> goal song. So I don't really care. Uh, we'll see what happens. I don't I don't know why it would happen, but I think you are interested to hear the music. Like I remember going, pre, you know, you go pregame, they play the same uh, playlist for pregame every game, and you know the players. It's so funny. Like the players literally do the exact same routine pregame. It blows my mind. You players every, like a routine, Michael. They even do the down same, to the to the playlist order of the songs in the arena. It was crazy. Um, it was crazy just watching them do the exact same thing every game. So we'll see what happens. And Nicole J says it was fine. She was just sick, sick of it. I guess it's time time to switch it up. So um, yeah, I, I guess have we'll, no see. Take, we'll see. I have no real take on that other than if there is a new song. Uh, hopefully, we'll hear it a few times tonight. Hopefully, Dan Robinson will be able to get to call a few goals tonight. And we'll be able to talk about it tomorrow on the program. Um, Sean Reynolds is teed up. We're going to bring Rennie in right away. Uh, just before we do that, a big shout out to our friends at Consolidated Supply, our newest sponsor here in Winnipeg Sports Talk. Awesome to have Joe Spicy and the gang on board with us as longtime Winnipeg Sports Talk listeners as well. Now, Consolidated Supply has been huge in the golf industry. First things first, uh, you know, if you have any golf cart needs, um, for the upcoming year, Consolidated Supply is the club car dealer here in Manitoba. And I've always thought of that as just being golf carts. But when I went down and the guy showed me what they have, there's so much more. Personal golf carts, ones that people use maybe to rip around the campsite over the course of the summer. There's all sorts of, uh, shall we say, tricked up vehicles um, to maybe take yours to the next level. Also bigger ones as well with many industrial uses. If you've got any needs for any sort of a uh, more like a small electric vehicle that can seat two, four, or six consolidated supplies there for you. And of course, they're the artificial turf and irrigation leaders as well, looking to take care of your lawn for next year or potentially a spot where you don't want it to grow. Or, of course, put in that dream putting green in the backyard. Joe and the guys at Consolidated Supply can help you out. And they've also got hot tubs. Great high-end barbecues, outdoor kitchens. Find out more from Consolidated Supply and everything that they can do at cte.ca. Uh, they're over at 1395 Niagara Road East, or you can give them a call at 
3832. Um, Vita Health Fresh Market's been a great partner of ours going into year two. If you want great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, you need to shop at one of the seven Vita Health Fresh Market stores or get them online at myvita.ca. And of course, Vita Health's great local company, family owned and operated since 1936 with Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products as well. And with back to school here, stop by the Vita Health store for a great school-friendly snacks and lunch items, as well as great immunity products like vitamin C and D. And of course, they've got that great grab-and-go deli with delicious Vita Market soup, salads, sandwiches, and more. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, and their fully shoppable website online at myvita.ca. Been a crazy busy summer for our friends at Wallace and Wallace. We all know them as the fencing experts for decades here in Winnipeg. We've seen their fences and trucks all over the city. What you might not know, they're also the leaders in garage doors, working with Clopay, the largest garage door manufacturer in the world. And despite supply chain challenges, you can still get a beautiful new garage door delivered and installed in less than four weeks just in time for the turn of the season. And hey, a new garage door can add up to 4% to the value of your home. There's 161 styles of garage doors to choose from. Definitely a style that's right for you. You can visit them and find out more online at wallacedoors.com. Give them a call or pop down and see them in person and speak to the experts at Wallace & Wallace at their showroom over on Lawson Road. And hey, a big cheers to Pitt and the gang out at Aikens Lake. I know they're finishing up their busiest season ever coming out of the pandemic and already filling up for next year. If you're looking for an amazing fly-in fishing option where you can be on the water in less than two hours from the city of Winnipeg. Aikens is the spot. As amazing as the fishing is, the hospitality of the people, even better. Find out more online, AikensLake.com or hit Pitt and his gang up on any of their social channels for more at Aikens Lake. All right. Home preseason opener tonight. Sends in town a more veteran lineup. And Sean Reynolds has been all over Jets training camp for Sportsnet since day one and jumps on the program now. Rennie, what's going on? How are you? You know what? I'm going to start this out. We've got some breaking news. I'm trying to show you my value here yes. as a guest. We've got breaking news. North End Rick is down watching. And it seems like about 10 minutes ago, Leon Gavanka took a puck to the face and was bleeding pretty good, went off the ice and hasn't returned. So, hey, we were it's funny, Huss, we were in the dressing room waiting for the coach, and Kenny was wearing a Winnipeg Sports Talk hoodie, and uh, Paulie Edmonds was asking him what you got to do to be, you know, to get one of those bad boys. And Ken said, you got to be a weekly guest. And Mike McIntyre said, I've got one too. I'm a weekly guest as well. But he said he was a weekly mm -hmm. guest spelled W-E-A-K-L-Y. So, uh <laughs> Just so, just so you know, those covered, covered in hoodies uh, were a big topic of conversation. Well, listen, we've got one for you. We actually just had to put a little order in for a few more because we're backed up. We've got a couple of Marvel prizes that we need to get out. Um, but listen, for you and, of course, Paul, it'll be a good little carrot to get Polly back on. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, um, listen, I know, I mean, we're all part of the media and, um, you know, obviously TSN does the game sports net, but um, interesting to see the the changing of the guard on the, uh, on the broadcast team and some of the colleagues that we'll see over and uh, Dan Robertson popped right into the booth on Sunday. And then John Lou coming back as well to be part of the local group. Yes. Unceremoniously, both of them, I keep thinking of the, <laughs> 
unceremoniously line from the tragically hit, but I mean, Dan introducing himself on the broadcast. And then I think it was Brian Mudrick who, yeah, who breaking uh, news from, Mo- from yeah. mud. So, so behind the scenes, I mean, I'd known for quite a while, uh, John Liu, I got to work with him a little bit because I picked up, uh, the beats for the Montreal Canadians the year they went to the Stanley cup final after the jets were eliminated. And then I was out covering the draft. Uh, so I've seen a lot of John Lou the last couple of years. I've talked to him in the past. I believe he went to the global news, uh, newsroom for like a day. There's a good story there that it, when you get talking to him, you'll have to ask him, but I think he spent only a single day at the global news station before he got picked up and headed for TSN. Uh, and the word I got is that he's been trying to make his way back to Winnipeg ever since. Uh, so hometown boy, Coming home to take over the broadcast. That's good news for all of us. He's a great guy. And he's a, he's a, a stylish guy, too. Well, so I'm going to have to be on top of my game if uh, I'm going to keep up. I was just about to mention that. Uh, P- Patrolman Pete said that John uh, Liu has unparalleled drip in sports media. And yep. I think it's safe to say I certainly would immediately go to you for being the best-dressed guy of the Winnipeg media. So... This could be an incredible, incredible season-long competition. We have we may have to do a new segment on the program of rating the <laughs> the, the Rennie and John Lou outfits standing up when you guys do it. Um, all jokes aside, though, great to uh, see the change. And you know, for Winnipeg Jet fans to have two people come here like that with the great reputations yeah. that they do, um, it's uh, it's a positive thing because obviously, with Dennis and Sarah leaving, was a was a big big loss. All that being said, Ren, listen, we're going to get to this game. Game, uh, game tonight in a second, um, but we're now just about a week into training camp. A lot of talk beforehand about the way things would look under Rick Bonus. Um, just thoughts on what you've seen so far as training camp has continued into the preseason with the new sheriff in town. I'll tell you, it's it's pretty interesting. I think there's a lot of stuff that will be going on behind the scenes that we'll start figuring out soon enough just in the decisions that are made. But, you know... I've said this in the past, and I'm sure you felt the same way. If this was a Paul Maurice run training camp, like you could pretty much pencil in who was going to be in the opening day lineup before things started. Maybe that's problematic, right? Because if you're, you know, one of the players that, you know, doesn't have his name penciled in, we've seen, you know, some of the guys that we thought about in years past, like David Gustafson, who I think a lot of us thought was ready to get an opportunity last year in training camp and clearly was not given an opportunity last year in training camp, or we all know about the guys that you were talking about beforehand, Dylan Samberg, Billy Hanla, players like that. Um, you know, the, the conversations that are being had by Rick Bonus are that, you know, what's happening right now in camp matters. And if you're going to say that, your actions better back that up if you want to earn the trust of your players. So I'm very interested to see how this falls uh, you know, how the chips fall with all this, because I, I think there's been decisions made in the past. And I think a lot of times Paul Maurice and Kevin Sheveldayoff were lockstep in this, that last year, you know, or, or going forward, a guy like Logan Stanley would be in the lineup. Uh, and a lot of the reason for that would be that he, you know, he would have to clear waivers to go down. So, you know, players that were waiver exempt, maybe they deserved a spot ahead of a guy like Logan Stanley, but they were going to go down anyway, because procedurally, it's easier easier to do so because paperwork wise or asset management wise, it's easier to do so. I think you can only do that so often as a head coach, you need to get the message out there. If you want 
competition for spots within your team, you have to show that the guys who earn the spots are going to get that spot regardless of their contract situation. So I'm really interested to see the next couple of weeks here how things shake down because we've been told a lot of stuff by Rick Bonus. Now we need to see that what he said is going to play out the way he said it was going to play out in order for him to not only kind of give the fans an idea of how he's going to coach this team, who he's going to give opportunity to, but more importantly, to show the players how he's going to choose his team and who is going to get the opportunities that are deserved. Well, you know, it's a good segue into it. I should do, let's do the why not question of the day right now. I'll hit you with it and uh, folks can uh, put their answer in the comments or into the chat. But our why not question of the day for Not Autocorp over at Waverly and McGilvery and online at not.ca. Um, looking ahead to the opening game, You've got the five veteran defensemen that, barring a trade, we assume will be in the lineup. Who's got the Who's got the inside track on the sixth spot in the lineup playing in that top six group? Certainly Logan Stanley's in the mix. Billy Hanel is in the mix. Dylan Sandberg is in the mix. I think those would be the three. We saw Stanley on Sunday, Sean, and did struggle at times. Tonight, Billy Hanel, Dylan Sandberg, both playing with veteran partners. Um I guess, it, it, do you have an answer of who you think has the inside track on that right now? Or is it more what we see from these players in camp, but especially in these preseason opportunities like tonight against the Sens? So I think Logan Stanley clearly has the inside track, but that doesn't mean I think that that's the direction that they should go or will be the direction that they should go. But because he played time with the team over the last two seasons, you know, the players themselves know uh, what to expect from him. The coaching group, it's a new group. They want to figure this out as they go. But the fact that a guy has got NHL games under his belt, uh, as many as he does and has been a part of the team and was basically said, I mean, we went into camp last year and it was announced by Paul Maurice that like, Logan Stanley had proven the year before that he'd made the team that he was a Winnipeg Jet. So to the point you were talking about before, Josh Morrissey isn't going to have a bad game and find himself in the AHL. There's certain guys that are established and are locked into those spots. And basically, Logan Stanley was said to be one of those guys last year. Now, I will say this about Logan Stanley. I think we've seen the top end from him. We've seen what Jets uh, uh, scouts loved about him. We've seen that play out. I think what I've seen is a guy who can show that at times, but struggles with consistency. And that is what keeps you in the NHL, being able to show what you can do and do it over and over and over and over again. I don't think Logan Stanley has arrived at that destination yet. And I think that leaves him open to a challenge from a guy like Billy Hainla or Dylan Sandberg. And listening to you guys before I came on, I would think, Inside edge between those two players, a guy like Dylan Sandberg has it over Billy Hanla. Just because if you're Billy Hanla, what I've seen from him, what I've seen from him in camp, what I saw from him last year, is a guy who's able to move the puck. He's got good offensive instincts, but he's also a guy who sometimes takes unnecessary I mean, I think it's built into his game and has been up to this point. He takes unnecessary risks that burn him the other way. And a lot of time, coaches aren't willing to deal with those unnecessary risks. And they leave a player in the AHL until they root that out of their game. I can tell you this. I think you and I were standing together watching when it happened. But he took one of those plays and was stripped of the puck by an AHL player in the, in the first scrimmage. And it went down for a scoring chance the other way. If Rick Bonus is... Yeah. Looking at what he says he's looking at, he saw a player get stripped by an AHL player and do something that has been problematic for him in the past. I'll say this 
about Dylan Sandberg, the body of work that he's shown at the NHL level has been extremely consistent. He hasn't had a lot of off games. We've seen him play a specific type of game, a specific type of skill set that he's played over and over again. I would think everything even from what we've seen from Logan Stanley, from what we've seen from Billy Hainla, and what we've seen from Dylan Sandberg. Dylan Sandberg has been the most consistent one, and I would think if, if, if opportunity is going to be given based on he's the best guy right now to be put into a spot, I would put Dylan Sandberg ahead of those two players based on that. I'm with you on that. I think that Sandberg, and to be honest, this also goes back to last year. And I mean, I know you sort of alluded to the fact that Stanley's had the two years and, you know, kind of came in with a spot last season. But I mean, at the end of the year, I don't know from where I was looking, it seemed like Dylan Sandberg had passed Logan Stanley on the depth chart. Now, again, these coaches are gone. We've got an entirely new group. And I do wonder how much any of that matters or is Rick Bonus making these decisions based solely on what he sees over the course of these next few weeks? The answer probably lies somewhere in the middle, Sean. Um, but it will be interested to, interesting to see, uh, you know, if there really is a complete clean slate and it's simply going to be done on merit in a short period of time, or there is a little bit of a grandfathering in of a player like Stanley or Sandberg based on what he was able to do at the end of last season. I'm not even sure how cognizant Rick bonus is of what's happened with those guys the last few years. And to be honest, I'd be quite fine if that did not uh, take part in any part of his decision. Yeah. I think the grandfathering comes in with the players that if you're a new coaching staff, the grandfathering comes with the players that you have seen enough of as an opposing coach to say, listen, I've coached against Josh Morrissey. I know what yeah. he brings to the table. So he's in the lineup. Same thing with Neil Pionk. Same thing with Brendan Dillon. So there's going to be a certain amount of guys. And I think that there's a lot. I don't think that there's a lot of spots up for grabs because I do also think, you know, and this is based on where I think the third and fourth lines are for the Winnipeg Jets. I, I was concerned about their depth heading into the year last year. I still remain that way. And when you don't have crazy depth down the lineup in your third and fourth lineups. Well, usually what that means is you don't necessarily have a ton of depth and guys ready to steal those jobs below them uh, coming up. A guy like David Gustafson is a guy who comes to mind right off the bat. We think is going to be there. I think Cole Perfetti, just to kind of take a little bit of an aside, has shown in this camp undoubtedly that he looks like an NHLer and there's no reason to send that player down. Uh, but, you know, if, if you are Rick Bonus, I think, to your point, like five spots on the defense are filled with guys that he's got a very good book on as an opposing coach. So there's not a lot open there. Um, the one other thing, and I think you and I talked about this off the ice, what I'm really interested to see is the relationship between the coach and the general manager. Like I said earlier, I think Paul Maurice would have a conversation um, uh, with Kevin Shevel they often be like, listen, I know it's going to be a problem if I send this guy down because he's exposed to waivers. So we'll keep this guy up. But if that becomes a problem that you lean on and you're keeping a guy in your lineup just so you don't lose him, but you're also keeping him ahead of someone else who may earn, you know, have hmm. deserved that spot, that's going to be a problem. So the interaction between the head coach and the general manager, I think, is something that I'm interested in gleaning that relationship. Is Rick Bonus going to say, let's say he goes and he says, we're, we're not going to go with Logan Stanley, but I'm going to give you like 
uh, here, here, take a month to try and move this guy. But eventually I need to move this other guy into the lineup because this is the guy who's deserving of it. It may change the way that Kevin Shevel Day off has to do business. We know in the past guys like Nick Patan stayed in the background for a long time. Sammy Miku, certain players that fans were waiting for them to get an opportunity. And for whatever reason, they didn't get that opportunity. What we didn't see a lot was, you know, Kevin Shevel, they have moving on from those guys. He kind of kept them in the background for a while. Maybe that doesn't make sense. And maybe, you know, maybe if we get to a situation where Bona says, I have Billy Hanela and Dylan Sandberg ahead of the depth chart, uh, ahead of Logan Stanley, it's time to move this guy and let him have an opportunity somewhere else because it's, as it stands right now, there's no point in just keeping this guy in the background. Well, and the other thing is that, I mean, I don't think that they would want to do that. But, Sean, we're getting to the point now with the age of a number of these players where they're not going to have an opportunity. They're not going to have a choice because there will be some quality players that the Jets believe in that are going to end up being free to another team on the waiver wire when things get down. I mean, if there's no deals and you still have those five veteran defensemen, even if they decide to keep eight defensemen on the roster, which I think is entirely possible, to be honest, uh, Leon Gavanka, Johnny Kovacevic, Certainly Logan Stanley all have to be exposed to waivers. And the two guys that don't in Sandberg and Hanela may be guys that this team wants to have on the ice right now. So it really does create, and I do think back, and I'll get your comment on this. We heard from Kevin Sheveldayoff talk about, you know, a number of the storylines in and around training camp when uh, he spoke for the first time last week. Um, he mentioned again that things can change quickly. And um, I still think that there's probably a, better than not chance that at least one of those players is moved. It seemed like it was a necessity throughout the offseason. It still hasn't happened right now, but this is a moment where teams are realizing what they have, and um, I wouldn't at all be surprised if there's some busy times on the phone with Kevin Sheveldayoff to try to alleviate the logjam on the blue line and, of course, potentially help them up front where there certainly is far more room for someone to step into the top 12. Yeah, you would think that, uh, and what did he call it? Um, the the idea that there wasn't a lot of change in the offseason, but bringing in Rick Bowden was a seismic change in the organization is the way that he put it, if I remember correctly. Well, seismic change, we haven't seen it yet in the lineup, but if there is seismic change, and never mind the fact that when you move to a different coach, and if they have a different philosophy and it is a seismic change, they should be doing things differently. And that should mean that the way that Kevin Shevel Dayoff does business is probably going to change based on how Rick Bonus coaches his team and handles the players in his lineup. So that's what I would expect. And that's why I think Kevin Shevel Dayoff made that comment and did say, listen, we're not done here yet. Things could change before we head into the. I think he has a realization that he's got a new coach that handles things different. And he is telling himself, basically, I have to be open to moving players. I may not have moved before in the Paul Maurice era, because things are going to be done differently here in the Rick bonus era. And I'm fascinated to see it because the one thing that I think in the past, the Jets haven't done a lot of is they've, they've had assets and they like to sit on those assets. And sometimes they sit on those assets until they kind of spoil. Again, I'll go back to Nick Patan or Sammy Niku, or I even kind of throw Jack Roslick in there who at one point was said to be an untouchable. And then in the end got tossed in as an add on in a trade and didn't really bring back the value. He probably, 
probably could have brought back a year before that. It would be interesting to see because there are so many players who look like they could challenge for NHL spots underneath the Jets and yet not a lot of spots for it. Well, maybe you start packaging up that assets and say, we're probably not going to get to these guys. Let's see what we can move out and bring up. And I think you're right that the candidacy of moving uh, players to get something, some help up front would be a prime prime example of how you would do that. Sean Reynolds of Sportsnet and Kenny and Rennie with us. Make sure you're subscribed to the uh, KNR channel as well over on YouTube. Looking forward to the guys getting those uh, fired up for the regular season. Sean, as far as the forwards go, um, you mentioned Cole Perfetti. That's a good thing he's looking good right now because this team absolutely needs him, and I can't see him yeah. anywhere else other than a top six opportunity right out of the gate. Um, but we have talked about a number of new players or players that we weren't too familiar with before. Anyone stand out on the uh, on the periphery of the team that is sort of maybe making a very good case for themselves day by day to be in the mix for a roster spot at the end of training camp? Uh, I'll be honest with you, not really. Like, I will say that looking up front again, and I hate to be, you know, the Debbie Downer on this, and and we should be talking about there being all this different opportunity because that's what Rick Bonus is talking about. But, I mean, I feel fairly confident I can, you know, pencil in the top 12 on this team. Uh, you know, David Gustafson jumps up for me, but that's someone that, you know, everyone's, like I said, I think we were waiting for that's him to long be overdue. An opportunity. Yeah, I mean, that guy's baked and baked and baked in the AHL. So um, I, I don't see that there's, you know, a ton of players that were jumping up there. I, I think that there's some young players that have shown, you know, what they're capable of and they get reason to be excited in the future. But I'll also say that a lot of those players, I think, have shown to me that they're a little bit away. And that's, I guess, why Cole Perfetti really stood out to me, because this is a guy who's, you know, in that wheelhouse or maybe even younger than a lot of those players. But I've been really, really impressed by Cole Perfetti. I've also been the guy who said, you know, everyone was really excited about Cole Perfetti, and I think they should be. But when I kept hearing about the way fans talked about Cole Perfetti, I, you know, me seeing him on a line with uh, um, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kyle Connor, uh, that was a phenomenal situation to bring a young guy into. And if you take a look at the points that he put up, it, it, it to me it didn't jump out and say, boy, oh boy, this guy is, you know, absolutely phenomenal at this stage. He looked like a guy who was cutting his teeth and cutting his teeth in a phenomenal opportunity that was given to him. But this year when I've seen him in practice alongside Blake Wheeler, alongside Pierre-Luc Dubois, he has not at any point looked out of place to me. He's looked defensively responsible, but he also seems to be able to show off that creativity uh, that we know from him and that kind of ability to kind of always be in the right spot and the right time. Listen, when guys seem to be wide open, but it's an obvious place to move the puck. That is a high IQ player. Uh, and that's what I've seen so far from, from Perfetti. He's a high IQ guy who's fit in already, but has done all the things that he needs to do to catch his, his coach's eyes for the right reason. And that would be being defensively responsible first, but still adding to the offensive elements of this team. He's looked really, really good for me so far. Yeah, it's a great point. And as I said, you know, the Jets need him to be productive. They need him to be healthy and they need him to fit in with, uh, you know, with Dubois and Wheeler, the way it's shaking out. And you know, as Rick Bonus said, they like to have the size of a Dubois and Wheeler playing with uh, with Cole Perfetti um, on that line. And I think he'll be an impactful player on the power play as well. Speaking of the power play, 
Um, we're going to get a chance to see it. It looks like Mikey Essamont, and again, this is just reading the tea leaves, is sort of taking Pierre-Luc Dubois' spot. So we're going to have that top line of Shifley, Connor, Ehlers, Dubois, and Morrissey. Um, what do you make of, I mean, along speaking of things that are long overdue, Nikolai Ehlers getting a shot on that first power play unit, I think makes a lot of sense. Um, how do you think this unit will look different? And how much will it be on the coaching staff? I believe Brad Lauer is the guy that's kind of in charge of the power play on taking these players together and make a unit that, you know, can attack from a number of different ways as opposed to a unit before that while when they were on were really good, but times got very, very stale with limited options when things weren't going well last year, Sean. Yeah, so I'll start with the Ehlers thing. And I have to say I was one of the people that I, I didn't have as much of a problem with Ehlers being on the second power play unit. What I had a problem with was the first power play unit Really, you know, there would be times it'd be a buck 10 into a shift and then the the puck would get cleared and they wouldn't go off the ice. And I always thought that was a little bit of a, if I'm a coach, I want to make sure that everyone on the team feels like they're getting a piece of that. And we've seen enough times, Huss, that the second power play unit has been the better of the two power play units. And shouldn't have been treated like that. Shouldn't have been treated like they were the second option. Or, you know, here you go. Here's 20 seconds of a two-minute power play. Go see what you can do. Um, but I will say this. The way that they built that second power play, uh, the first power play was built to give a number of different options to different players. The second power play was entirely built around getting the puck to Nick Ehlers and giving him chances to score. So I didn't think he was in a bad position. I think the players ahead of him in the ice time they were stealing was putting him in a bad position. Um, that'll be interesting now because, you know, taking Nick Ehlers, who made a secondary power play very good by just being the man that they went to over and over and over again, He's going to have to share those scoring chances now with a Kyle Connor. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Brad Lauer is going to take a look at this and he's going to show us something different. They've got all tons kinds of skill uh, in which to, to, to try and put the puck in the back of the net. So I, I'm interested in seeing how this works. Um, but to your point, I think the most important thing there was I entirely agree with you. I think most of the league would agree with you that the Jets, as good as their power play was, and it could still be, it had grown stale. So I want to see a different mindset at work with these players and how they weaponize, you know, a bunch of big guns that they have on that line. And, and I want to see uh, I want to see Mark Shifley getting back to shooting more often. I think last year he kind of fell into being more of a setup man. And that was maybe part of the staleness of that because typically Blake Wheeler's a setup guy. Shifley was taking that role as well. They don't have the big cannon from the point that they had back from the Dustin Bufflin days. So I think it started taking away from the trigger man on that. Well, they've got two really big trigger men now. And I think, you know, at his best, Mark Shifley may be even better trigger man than Ehlers or Connor. So uh, that's what I want to see. I want to see them uh, increasing the creativity where, especially with a player like Mark Shifley, one, he knows when to make that pass, but he knows when to get open and start shooting that puck because I think he needs to do it more. Well, uh, and, and and assuming we don't get into a situation that you mentioned very accurately of PP1 eating 80% of the power play time, um, you're going to need your second power play unit to be productive as well. Right now, it seems like it's Blake Wheeler, Cole Perfetti, Adam Lowry, Neil Pionk, and Vili Hainala. When I tell you those, who's the trigger guy on that power play unit? 
Ooh, well, I, I mean, yeah, again, there's a lot of guys who move the puck around. Billy Hanla, the one thing I really give him credit for, and you can just see it in the way he doesn't look at you like that guy with the booming shot, but he's a guy who really likes to get that puck to the front of the net. Uh, I, I see a situation where with Cole Perfetti, it allows for a little bit more mm-hmm. movement. Maybe it, when I take a look at that and I went from what I've seen from them, but also when I see like the way each of those players work, because Cole Perfetti can move the puck around the way that he does, I see Blake Wheeler taking that big body of his to the net more often. So, you know, getting in those quiet areas, moving the puck, but then getting to the front of the net and trying to capitalize on a guy like Vili Hanla and Neil Pionk, who's done it in the past, trying to get that puck uh, to the net more often. Listen, this is one thing, Huss, that we've talked about for years. The Winnipeg Jets seem to like to score from distance. They don't like to get the puck to the front of the net. That line to me is built to get the puck into the dirty areas and if you've got a guy like Blake Wheeler maybe it's a little bit of a shift of mentality or philosophy for a player like that but getting that big body in front of the net with the hands that he does have trying to capitalize on pucks getting through from guys like Perfetti and Pionk and Hanla uh, I'm interested to see what Blake Wheeler could do in that situation. Yeah, I mean, I still sort of think that with what Wheeler's shown as far as his ability to dish, I mean, let's face it, that power play one last year went almost entirely through Blake Wheeler. I would imagine that he might be there. And listen, as long as Adam Lowry is on your power play, he's probably the guy that's setting up shop in front of the other team's net. And the funny enough is he doesn't seem like a trigger guy. And I've always thought of Cole Perfetti as more of a playmaker. But if this is the five-man unit, I think we'll see a lot more from the defenses you just mentioned. And I think yeah. Perfetti might have the opportunity while, you know, when he's playing on, you know, his line with Wheeler and Dubois might be looking to set up a little bit more. It might create a situation that Cole Perfetti might be counted on a little bit more. Regardless, it'll be very interesting to see how the youngster acquits himself, both playing top six minutes as we expect, as well as being part of that power play. And because of the the, the package that he brings to the table, Sean, um, you know, listen, things can change. Players can get injured. I don't think it's going to be a long time before Cole Perfetti has a central figure probably on the first power play unit, whether that's this year or not, because they're pretty loaded up front as long as you're rolling Shifley along with Connor and Ehlers as line one. Yeah, and I think one of the things that, uh, you, you know, you you just saying that I find interesting. One of the things you want from a new coach is to come in and maybe show players their more capable of what they thought they were in the past. And to your point, on that power play, what I see is a a guy like Cole Perfetti shooting the puck more often, becoming you know maybe discovering in him more of a scorer than he's been in the past because he's a setup guy. But two, trying to get Adam Lowry on the board more often. I know from talking with Adam Lowry, there's a feeling with him that he needs to produce more offense this year and score more goals. And if you're Rick Bonus and you can come in here and either a teach or b make players realize that they're capable of more than they've been in the past. Those are two players that maybe a new, fresh look coming from a guy like Rick Bonus could show them things about themselves that they may not have known before this. And that's how you find value within a roster that really hasn't turned over that much. That's the task uh, that's in front of Rick Bonus, and that's an interesting way to go about it. Hey, Sean, before we go, and thanks so much for doing this. Always love having you on the show. Um, uh, when can we look forward to you and Kenny getting back at it? Of course, we're going to have post-game shows this weekend. Uh, doing anything uh, after our show, any point uh, soon that we should let people know about? 
Uh, I don't have specific dates. We wanted to get into this and we wanted to have some preseason shows just so we could discuss what we've seen happening. And then, again, this is something that you're going to be keeping an eye on. We're going to start finding out real soon kind of how Rick Bonus is going to change the way this team operates. I'm waiting with bated breath to see how these things go because I think when he does, it'll tip his cap to, the, you know, a little bit more of the kind of coach he is and more importantly, how he would handle a roster like this. So we want to make sure that we're reflecting that in the Kenny and Rennie shows. Uh, we just got to get down and narrow down some times uh, before we do that. But well, you let us you know. Soon. You let us know. We'll let the people know, and we'll look forward to a few uh, WST raids when you and Kenny fire it up after our program. Sean, thanks so much for doing this. We'll see you down at the rink, pal. You bet. Thanks for uh, having me on. Great stuff. Sean Reynolds. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at Reynolds, And again, the YouTube channel, Kenny and Rennie. Guys will be getting going post-games this year, as well as some weekday shows after Winnipeg Sports Talk. Hey, if you're with us right now, and you haven't already hit the subscribe button. What the heck are you waiting for, folks? Hit that red subscribe button to make sure you are joining us daily if you're able to. 1 o'clock live here on YouTube. And the great thing about subscribing, obviously, it really helps us grow the channel as well. Uh, but if you're not able to catch us live, you hit up YouTube later on. Boom, the freshest WST content free and ready for you at your convenience. And, of course, if you're watching on YouTube as well, the audio podcast of Winnipeg Sports Talk ready in time for your drive home from work each and every day right around 3.30 wherever you get your podcasts make sure you are subscribed and downloading Winnipeg Sports Talk interesting poll that Remo threw up during our conversation about the defense who has the inside track on the last Jets defense spot that is our why not question of the day today and we've got a nice 69% of you thinking that it's Dylan Sandberg that has the inside track on that. He'll be in the lineup tonight. Philly Hanel at 15, Logan Stanley at 13, and other at 1%. We'll see what Mike thinks about that coming up. And, uh, yes, great stuff from Rennie, as always. Always fun to have Sean on the program. Well, speaking of the why not question of the day, a big shout-out to our friends at, Wine, at uh, Not Autocorp who have been with us since day one of Winnipeg Sports Talk. And, folks, if you're thinking about a new vehicle or upgrading your current one, make your first stop, Not Autocorp, at Waverly and McGilvery. My pal Andre Clark, the new sales manager, is there, along with the great staff at Not with some amazing vehicles on the lot. And the best part about Not is, I mean, their specialty. If there's a particular make and model of a vehicle that you've got your heart set on, speak to the Not experts. They can source it, get it here to Winnipeg, and get you into it at the best possible price. Why not get into the car of your dreams at an amazing deal with the help of the Not Autocorp team? Pop down and see them, Waverly and McGilvery, and online at Not.ca. And of course, you can check out the amazing Winnipeg Car Lab as well with detailing wraps and more also on the lot there at not auto corp um well jet season is back first home game tonight and if you need to freshen up your gear to support the home team one stop's all you need and that is royal sports at 750 pemina highway the best selection anywhere of licensed merchandise for both the home teams jets bombers and more but national hockey league all 32 nfl teams major league baseball and the red hot blue jays NBA, international soccer, it's all there. And, of course, Royal Sports for four decades or so has been the hockey superstore with hockey players working in the department to help you and the hockey players in your family get the best choice of equipment 
to dominate the upcoming season. Pop down and see Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway for all your needs and follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for their latest merchandise drops and sale information. And wow, with John Liu coming to town, the entire media may have to pop by F Apparel and uh, maybe step up the wardrobe game. Um, as Patrolman Pete said in chat, unparalleled drip of John Liu when it comes to the Canadian sports media. I may even have to join John, the John Liu movement and get a shorts suit myself. That being said, whatever kind of suit you want, the gang at F Apparel will do it for you. Custom made starting at $400 with the best deals on the best looking menswear in town. Uh, we'll be doing a suit show to kick off the season. I've got my new F Apparel suit. Can't wait to show it off to you. Uh, Rennie, uh, Weber, many of the players as well. You see walking in, done by the gang over at F, and the entire process, uh, very, very interesting. I mean, picking your uh, your style, your color, your patterns, and then uh, a few weeks later, you got a beautiful new suit at a great price with the guys from F. And, hey, if you are in a wedding party or planning on having one, talk to Andrew and his great staff about a 15% discount for the entire crew when you get your wedding party suits from F Apparel. F's at 190 Smith Street downtown and online at F, that's E-P-H, apparel.com. All right, let's welcome Mike McIntyre into the program from the Winnipeg Free Press as we continue our Jets talk ahead of tonight's home preseason opener. What's going on, Mike? Hey, Huss. Uh, good to be here. Just got back home here for a few hours between uh, morning skate, which done down at the Iceplex today. And uh, of course the first preseason game on tap tonight, spirit levels were pretty high at, uh, at the morning skate. And I'm happy to report Rick bonus has uh, recovered his voice. He was, he was running on fumes uh, when we last spoke to him on Sunday. Um, the, all the yelling uh, for the first few days of camp and he's done a lot of yelling um, encouraging, I guess, would be maybe a better way to put it. But his voice was uh, was on life support. And so the day off yesterday certainly did Rick bonus uh, well. And I'm sure the Jets appreciated it as well. Uh, having covered, I guess this is my seventh training camp, I think there's been more skating involved in the first few days than we saw under Paul Maurice. So uh, they're working the guys really hard. And I guess they have a lot to teach them. And a lot to kind of learn about each other. So the, these have been long, tough days of camp. Um, not so much for us in the uh, in the media business, but uh, it was nice to have a day off yesterday and now get back at it with uh, with some games. And, you know, what looks to me, Rick, uh, or Haas, like a little glimpse, I think, of, of what the Jets lineup is going to look like. Certainly two, uh, a good chunk of two lines are going to play tonight. And the back end to me is really interesting. I know we're going to get into this, but I think four out of the six regulars you could easily say are in the lineup tonight. And you basically have two placeholders um, for for two other players that aren't playing tonight. So we should get a, a bit of a look against a, an Ottawa team that, quite frankly, is uh, I'm not even sure how they meet the league minimum for experience based on the roster they're bringing uh, probably they get in, you know, by by a, a one game here or one game there. But 
think the Jets on paper should have a pretty easy time of it tonight. Hey, speaking of the uh, game tonight, folks, uh, we do have a few pairs of tickets. Shout out to Mike, who's uh, just uh, hit me up, a regular WST listener out in the country. They're doing the harvest. Can't make it in for the game. So I got a couple pairs from him. We got a pair from our friends at Beam Suntory and our accountant as well. So stick around after Mike. You'll have the opportunity. <clears throat> if you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, to put a command in, we'll spin the wheel of winners and send some of you to tonight's game downtown between the Winnipeg Jets and the Ottawa Senators. Um, Mike, before we talk about this game tonight, just wondering about your thoughts on the opening game where the Jets were the team that sent the very young roster out. Pierre-Luc Dubois, Dylan DeMello, Logan Stanley veterans, along with Mason Appleton veterans in the lineup. Um, and listen, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about Billy Hainala and Dylan Sandberg, who will get you know a look tonight on home ice. Right. Um, I'm really interested in your perspective on where Logan Stanley sits right now. We know there's legitimate competition. We know there's a ton of defensemen. We know that the team's put a lot into this player over the last four years. Um, but there's going to be tough decisions one way or the other unless there's a significant trade moving a player or two out of town. What did you think about Stanley's preseason opening performance and what that's done to where he sits in this dogfight for spots on the roster and in the top six? Well, Logan Stanley threw a lot of hits. That's because he didn't have the puck on his stick very much. And uh, I know hitting, you know, to me, hitting is one of those stats that can be overrated. Uh, if you don't have the puck, I mean, you're the team that's probably throwing out a lot more hits. Uh, some really good teams uh, don't hit a lot because they've got the puck all the time. When Logan Stanley did have the puck, though, um, you know, certainly on that first shift, the giveaway, which obviously ended up in the back of the Jets net a few seconds later, then he takes a penalty. He had a couple other questionable plays. I mean, again, first preseason game, you're giving everybody, I think, some rope. So I wouldn't say anything changed based on one tough performance from Logan Stanley, but I'm at the same place with Logan Stanley that I was before training camp began, which is to say, I, I, I believe he'll be on the Jets opening night roster. I'd frankly, they'll be surprised if he's in the lineup on opening night. I think he's probably been passed on the depth chart and the guy that's leading your poll uh, who we're going to see tonight, quite interestingly, playing on a pairing that I suspect is where he's going to be when the season begins. That is one Dylan Sandberg with uh, Neil Pionk. Uh, to me, Dylan Sandberg has passed Logan Stanley on the depth chart. I think we even saw that towards the end of last season, Huss, that that was starting to happen. Oh, we did. Here. Yeah, so, I mean, look, the Jets... As you say, the Jets have invested a lot in Logan Stanley. They protected him in the expansion draft. I don't imagine the Jets are giving up on Logan Stanley, nor are they going to give the player away. So I'd be shocked, for example, if they tried to send him down to the Manitoba Moose out of camp. Like they, they're not going to put him on waivers. Because so I think some they, team, like a bunch of teams would grab him. And you sure. can have your own opinion on Logan Stanley and how he projects to be an NHLer. There is zero chance Logan Stanley's passing through waivers. And if they do make that decision, I think you have to go the trade route to get something for him if there right. is not a spot on him. And he has been passed by some of those younger players that they prefer to play over the big guy. Yeah, so he, to me, he's on the 23-man roster regardless of what happened the other night and regardless of what happens in however many more preseason games. 
But again, if everybody's healthy, Haas, I'd be surprised if he's in the starting six because I think he's more of a seven or eight guy now, depending on what they do, um, you know, with the roster. It's possible they they might only keep seven defensemen out of camp. I think it's more likely they keep eight. Whether it's seven or eight, I expect Logan Stanley will be one of them. But I think Dylan Sandberg is the guy that has the most to gain. And uh, again, I, I don't think anything's going to turn on how Dylan Sandberg, for example, plays tonight. But I do find it interesting that he is paired with Neil Pionk, which to me, that's the pairing that makes the most sense uh, for him to start the season. You know, Josh Morrissey's playing with Simon Lundmark tonight. Simon Lundmark is not making the Winnipeg Jets. He'll be playing on the Manitoba Moose this year. To me, Lundmark is probably a placeholder for Dylan DeMello at this point. It's probably Morrissey DeMello. And then you go to the third pairing tonight uh, with Brendan Dillon and Billy Hainala. Very interesting that they've had Hainala move to the right side and they're giving him a look over there. I mean, I think Hainala is probably a placeholder for Nate Schmidt at this point. And going back to the conversation you and Sean just had before I came on about the the look of the power play units. I mean, to me, Haas, Nate Schmidt is probably on that second power play unit. If they go with the two defensemen, it's probably Pionk and Schmidt there. Um, and he's maybe the trigger man in a way, you know, from the back end. If they've got Adam Lowry net front, they've got Blake Wheeler also kind of net front. Wheeler was more in the slot today when they were doing the drill. That's a lot of size. And so, you know, they'll, they'll hopefully create some chaos in front of the net. Uh, I know Billy Hainala fans don't want to hear it, but chances are, you know, he's probably not in the starting six when the season begins either. And to me, it's it's Dylan Samberg, unless Haas something happens that, you know, could still happen, which would be a trade. Um, you know, Dylan DeMello, something along those lines. Does does Kevin Shoveldayoff, does he have a trade, you know, uh, in mind potentially if – depending on how the, the preseason plays out and what happens with other teams. That obviously could change the mix. But um, to me, it's Dylan Sandberg's job to lose at this point. And I, uh, I'm, I'm you know interested to see what another season does for Dylan Sandberg um, because he's a guy that you know has a lot of skill, a lot of patience and poise, and I think can do the sort of things that Rick Bonus will really w- enjoy seeing. Well, and, and listen, we saw St- uh, Sandberg come into the lineup last year, and I mean, there was a reason why he was playing over Logan Stanley at the end. I mean, he looked absolutely prepared and NHL ready, right. and quite consistent as well. We talked about that with Sean as well about how he fit in, you know, almost seamlessly. So, I guess my question, considering we've already seen Stanley and he did not have a great game, um, especially for Billy Hanel, and I'm sort of with you and the people. I think Dylan Sandberg is the guy with that inside track. Um, what's at stake for Vili over the course of this next week with some limited preseason opportunities like tonight to get in and, and show Rick Bonus what he can do? Or is just simply the waiver situation and the amount of bodies in Jet Camp almost you know put the writing on the wall for a young player that his NHL opportunity is probably not going to come at, at least at the beginning of this season? Well, I think Vili Hainala, you know, impressing in training camp could go a long way to certainly winning over a new coach in Rick Bonus, who who obviously hadn't seen much of him prior to coming here. And, you know, it, it could create an interesting dynamic where Rick Bonus near the end of training camp maybe goes and knocks on Kevin Shoveldayoff's door and says, 
uh, his Chevy, uh, this this Hanela kid, uh, I, I really like him, and I, I want him in my lineup. Um, you know, make, make that happen. And Rick Bonus talked the other day about how he will communicate with Kevin Chevaldeoff during camp, and and you know he, he mentioned players cutting themselves, and and you know at the end of the day, he's going to identify the players that he thinks can help the team now. Uh, he'll, he said, I, I may identify some guys that they're not quite there yet, but, you know, by Christmas, they might be able to help. Look, if Vili Hanela plays so well that Rick Bonus feels he can help, you know, he's one of the best options right now, then I fully expect Rick Bonus, he, he, he's here to do a job. And, and he's not worried about where a guy got drafted, when a guy got drafted, what the contract situation is, as he said, that's for others to worry about. So, you know, certainly Billy Hanela starting tonight, if he, uh, if he performs well, and again, interesting that they have him on that right side, you wonder like if he can do things that Rick bonus feels, maybe they don't have enough of and, and he can play that kind of system that Rick bonus wants to play, you know, with our D is coming. We want more than the 24 goals we scored as a team last year. A guy like Billy Hanela certainly offers more in that department than, for example, Dylan DeMello. So, again, I go back to DeMello, but, I mean, if Billy Hanela comes in and blows the doors off, why wouldn't Rick Bonus be going to Kevin Chevaldeoff and saying, you know, I got Billy over this guy or that guy. You know, I got him over Dylan DeMello or I've got him over Nate Schmidt. Um, find a way to get this guy in my lineup. And then it would create a very interesting dynamic, of course, but they still have a bit of time, uh, and you know certainly a guy like Billy Hainel, like he's got to make the most of the opportunities he's, he's going to be given. And uh, it starts tonight, you know, and a really interesting pair with with Brendan Dillon. That to me, Huss, like that that should create some time and space for Billy Hainel to do the sort of things that we know he's really good at, um, because Brendan Dillon makes everybody out there on the ice with him feel another foot taller, right? Um, you know, he'll take care of the physical end of things. He, we know he's very good defensively. So Billy Hanela, by pairing him with Brendan Dillon, uh, to me, it's uh, it's created, it's put the young player in a position to succeed, which, you know, at the end of the day is what it should be all about. No, absolutely. Mike McIntyre with us from the Winnipeg Free Press. All right, I want to ask about the forwards, but everyone's freaking out. Where's Piper? What's the, uh, what's the, what's, what's the, what's the Piper situation? Yeah, she is, I can hear her snoring right now on the couch. Uh, yeah, she's just, uh, she's having her mid-afternoon nap. She got a good lunch in. Uh, she got a good, good backyard wrestling session with Bodie. Uh, so they're both tired out and, uh, and having a snooze. Frankly, um, I'm kind of jealous actually. <laughs> aren't we all, aren't we yeah. all a dog's life? Um, Mike, as far as forwards go, Anybody stand out in on Sunday's game or, or or maybe some of the players on the periphery of the lineup that were thought to be moose guys that have maybe barged into the conversation for spots on the roster and potentially even into the bottom of the top 12 in your mind? Yeah, absolutely. Um, a guy that I had a, a good chat with this morning down at the rink, and I'm going to write a, a, a story on today to go with my gamer a guy that we didn't really know much about, uh, the big Finn, uh, Saku Manalainen, um, you know, a guy who's got NHL experience, albeit from four years ago. Um, you know, when I, the first day of camp last week, Huss, I mean, 
Saku Manalainen jumped out to me just initially because of his size. He's a big man. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about, uh, I know a lot of people who said the Jets are too small. You know, they got a lot of skill up front, but where's the size? Where's the where's the strength? Um, a guy like Saku Manalainen, I mean, maybe he, he doesn't play like a prototypical power forward, at least historically, and that hasn't been his game over in Finland. And in the bit of time I think he played in Carolina four years ago, that's maybe not what he was. But he's a guy, if he's going to make this team, Huss, it's going to be likely on the fourth line. Um, and there's a lot about him that, that, and I thought he had a really strong game the other day. What's really interesting to me is what Rick Bonus said uh, earlier today when I asked him about Saku Manalainen. He admitted that he wasn't supposed to play in today's game. But based on what he did the other night, Rick Bonus wanted him in the lineup tonight. And not only that, Haas, but he's going to play on the penalty kill tonight, which he didn't do the other day. Um, and that's something that Manalainen told me that he, he did a lot of over in Finland. Um, you know, if he can add penalty killing, you want your fourth liners to be able to do some of that. Um, you know, the size, obviously, he's an, uh, he's an older player. He's, I think, 28 now. And, you know, he said to me, Huss, that he knows this is his last chance in the NHL. Um, when he left North America four years ago, kind of saw that window is maybe closing uh, and he wanted to go back home and and he's done very well over there, but now he's got the hunger again, uh, but time is kind of fleeting. And so this is a motivated player. Um, you know, I, I, I was impressed with what he did the other night and I'm, I'm curious to get another look at him tonight. Um, another guy that really stood out to me who we're going to see again tonight is Mikey Esamont. Um, who, you know, is a bit of an energizer bunny kind of player. I, I noticed him lots when I'd watched the Moose last year. Like, he stands out because of the way he plays. Um, kind of Brandon Tanev-type qualities in a way. You know, the motor's always running. Um, he's kind of fearless. We saw him the other night, Huss, getting involved, kind of mixing it up a bit. Um, you know, there's another guy that Rick Bonus signaled out today, uh, and, and he's going to get a second game, which I think is quite telling. Um, one other player who's not playing tonight, but I, I also was impressed by him. He's a guy that I've mistaken for Blake Wheeler about a half dozen times <laughs> down at camp already because he's got the similar body, the similar frame, moves the same way, and that is Kevin Stenland. Um, you know, a guy obviously with some NHL experience with Columbus, and I thought he had a nice game the other day. I'll say this about Kevin Stenland, Huss, watching him in practice. The guy has a sweet set of hands. He, he stands in front of the net and lots of times they're just kind of fooling around. His hand-eye, I mean, all these guys have great hand-eye coordination, but his is like really good. He, I'm not saying that they're going to park him on the power play anytime soon, um, at least not with the Jets. Maybe he'll be on the Moose power play this year, but he's got really good hands and you know he tips a lot of pucks and he's a big body in front of that net. You know, if the Jets want to get a little bigger, They've got guys like Manalainen, like Stenland that have that size. And it is creating an interesting competition, if you will, for what the bottom six is going to look like. I mean, I think we all know Adam Lowry, Mason Appleton. Those guys are there for sure. But beyond that, you know, you got your Gustafson, you got your Toninato, you've got your Harkins, 
And, you know, guys like Manalainen, Essamont, the list goes on, oh, right? Sam Gagne as well. Sam Gagne, right. And I think Sam Gagne, he's on this team, you know, whether it's as, as a fourth liner or a 13th forward, like Sam Gagne will be there as well. You're right. Um, so there aren't a lot of jobs, but there are a couple up for grabs and a lot of competition and a lot of different kinds of players, depending on what Rick Bonus wants to do with those spots. Yeah, I am, uh, you know, Stenland. I um, mean, you know, we had some fun. I mean, the Jets <clears throat> didn't do much in around free agency and signed Stenland and had the Stenny in the Jets tweet. Um, but I got to tell you, uh, I was just like you. I mean, especially when we got out to the Iceplex for the first time. I yeah. mean, he is a a big, big guy that can move quite well. And I thought that, you know, albeit nobody scored in the game, he found himself in a few positions where, I mean, he had the opportunity to light the lamp. And listen, I guess there's two sides to that coin. You want to make the most of your opportunities. But if you're not getting opportunities, that's more concerning than not. And right. um, oh, yes, there, of course, is the uh, is the tweet. Um, and of course, he's a Swede. I couldn't help but thinking that, you know, maybe he gets an opportunity at some point to play on the side with David Gustafson in that role and see if those guys can, uh, can get going a little bit. I mean, Christian Reichel, Dominic Toninato, um, you know, in that mix as well. Yep. But far different than the blue line, I think that, you know, there could be a surprise or two up front by the time we get to it. And I guess the other guy we should ask you about that we haven't talked at all about because he's been hurt is Morgan Barron. Because on paper coming into this season, not only did I think Morgan Barron was almost a lock to be in the top 12, I wouldn't have been surprised if he maybe got an opportunity with Lowry and Appleton to get go to get going. Um, but you know what they say, you can't make the club from the tub. And uh, he is uh, he hasn't had uh, much luck so far, but apparently uh, he was back yeah. on with the non-playing group this afternoon. Yeah, he uh, he should just be wrapping up his skate now. So that was a good sign. Uh, the other injured guys, uh, Brad Lambert, Wyatt Bongiovanni, they continued to skate on their own today. Lambert got shaken up i think on day one of camp bon giovanni got shaken up at the uh, at the young stars event he's wearing the the full face cage i don't know exactly what bon giovanni's injury is but i imagine he he broke something in the facial area given that he's got the the full cage on so those guys those two are skating on their own morgan baron had been with them the last few days and he now joined the non-playing group i i, I suspect as early as thursday huss um, if not Thursday, Saturday, we might see Morgan Barron, you know, get his first taste of game action. I believe he was going to be wearing a non-contact, at least in today's skate. So, yeah, I mean, again, there there is competition and, um, you know, it's where some inter interesting conversations will happen. And you wonder how much how much a guy's waiver status, for example, might factor into it. You know, Morgan Barron could be sent to the moose and you don't risk losing him. Kevin Stenland, Taku Manalainen, Dominic Toninato, like those guys would be up for grabs for another team. And, you know, does that ultimately factor into whether a guy is on the roster to start the season or not? Um, you know, again, those will be conversations that Rick Bonus and, and Kevin Shoveldayoff have. But uh, another guy we haven't even mentioned is Jeff Mallett. Like he's, he's a guy that, uh, you know, I think as well, he's, He's getting closer to being, you know, pushing for NHL work. And, and you mentioned Christian Reichel as well. So there are lots of options. There aren't a whole lot of job openings at this point. Um, but of course, during the, the, the season, I mean, 
opportunity will come knocking. And if you're the Jets, you want that competition. You want, you know, guys pushing each other on the NHL roster. And then you want guys that aren't on the NHL roster that feel they deserve to be on the roster that are pushing to come up. And uh, that's how teams get better. And the Jets certainly, I mean, they, they, they didn't make any big splashes, obviously, this summer. Um, but, you know, if, if I will tell, but some of these signings, whether it was a Stenlin, a Menelainen, a Gagne, like they may have made some what you might call sort of sneaky good signings that, that all teams need a few of if they're going to kind of get over the hump. Mike McIntyre, the Winnipeg Free Press, with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Man, we got a great crowd in here today. Welcome, everyone, especially new viewers. Make sure you hit that red subscribe button. We're here every day, 1 p.m. live. And if you subscribe and you're able to join us live, we'll kick it into your uh, feed right after the program at your convenience. And, of course, uh, uh, subscribe on the podcast as well. By the way... Jets preseason opener tonight. If you missed it at the start of the show, we do have a few pairs of tickets. We'll be spinning the wheel of winners. So make sure to hang around in uh, 20 odd minutes or so. Um, you'll have the opportunity to enter in, but you do have to be subscribed to win. So get ahead of it right now. Hit that red subscribe button. We'll let you know how to enter and uh, see whether you might be able to get a couple, a pair to see the Jets for the first time. Interesting. Uh, we see Helly going tonight. Uh, is he going to play the whole game? Uh, or are they going to get the fin in there? Yeah, I suspect I suspect he's going to play uh, the whole game. You know, Huss, we haven't talked much about the goaltending situation. I'm really interested to see what the Jets do. You and I chatted a bit down at the rink the other day about yeah. this. It feels like they have one too many goalies right now. Um, they sent, and you probably saw this, or maybe not because we've been on the air here. The Jets did make their first cuts. They They just cut three players here in the last hour. No surprises. Uh, Danny Zilkin, he's going back to the OHL. Uh, Kuzman, uh, he's going back to the the OHL as well. Dimitri Kuzman, and then and I, I'm. It's going to be a while before I can pronounce this name. I, I just call him Dominic the goalie. There's, Double you know, D. Dom, there's Dominic, yeah, Dominic the donkey. Of course, the 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 the, the Christmas donk. He's Dominic the goalie. Um, but yeah, he's going back as well. So they have five goalies now left in camp. Um, Salmonen, he's going to dress as the backup. I, I'd be surprised if he plays tonight. I mean, I guess maybe if Connor Hellebuck gets a lot of action in the first couple periods, uh, they'd spell him off. But again, given what Ottawa's sending here, uh, he may be bored to tears in that Jets net tonight. Um, but yeah, I mean, between Burden, Holm, and Salmonen, um, that's three spots and, you know, you, there's only two goalie positions on the moose. I don't think they're keeping three goaltenders down on the farm this year. Um, especially with the, the schedule you play in the AHL where you often will play twice in a weekend and then you don't play till the next weekend, a three goalie system just would, would, would be untenable. So, you know, we'll see how it plays itself out. Um, interesting that Mikkel Burden is the one guy who hasn't dressed now in these first two games, right? It was home uh, or Rit home was the backup the other night in Edmonton to Riddich. Um, and now it's Salmon and as the backup to, uh, to Hellebuck. I mean, does, does the Birdman? I suspect he probably goes to Montreal. Rick bonus did tell us earlier today that it'll probably be another very young inexperienced group. They take uh, to Montreal I expect for their home game Saturday, they're here against Edmonton. They're going to have 
a bit more veteran group. And then Huss, it, it really sounds like a big wave of cuts will happen after that fourth game and that the Jets will get down very close starting Sunday. It's worth noting that on the schedule, they just are down to one ice time a day and they're not, they're just calling it practice starting on Sunday. Uh, I suspect we're going to see, you know, not the final lineup, but something very close to, you know, the opening night lineup and the few bubble guys as of Sunday. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that plays itself out here in the coming days. But, uh, well, I mean, just on, on that note, Mike, I mean, speaking of the goaltending, um, I mean, if we if you were asking me right now of those three guys, who's the odd man out in a week, two weeks, a month? I think it's going to be Mikhail Burden. And I say that for a couple reasons. They know what they have in Burden. He's been in this organization since being drafted. He's played throughout these last couple of years. And, I mean, to be honest, last year with the Manitoba Moose, I mean, we see the highlights and some of the great plays and the crazy stuff that he does stick handling. The problem was he didn't stop the puck enough last year. Right. And that, unfortunately for goaltenders, you can have great breakout passes, um, but it's about stopping the puck. They obviously have high hopes for the Finn in Salmonen, who's backing up tonight. And I think that I think that Arvid Holm is the guy that I think they're probably highest on and want to see him get significant playing time in the American Hockey League. I said to you, we had heard nothing about Burden all season long. And I wasn't even sure that he was going to show up for camp. I mean, you know, with what's happened, obviously he's a Russian player. Um, you know, yeah. the, the agreement right now is not in effect between the National Hockey League and the KHL. And I was basically paying attention to these KHL box scores to see his, his rights got traded last year over the course of the offseason. And I think at some point it wouldn't surprise me if Burden ends up back playing in the KHL. Now, if they feel that that's going forward and they don't feel that he's going to be a solution or an NHL or long-term, I wouldn't be surprised if they move on that sooner as opposed to later and make sure that those valuable, the valuable development time and starts in Manitoba are with home and Salmonen if they're in that position. And, um, you know, Burden's got the one year left on his deal and then is gone. Um, I, I, I'm I'm almost expecting right now that in a couple of weeks we may see um, Mikhail Burden yeah. moved elsewhere to open up the spot for Salmonen and Holm to be the guys with the Manitoba Moose. Well, it's interesting. We think of Mikhail Burden as as a young player. I mean, he he is. He's just 24, and that's really young, especially for goaltenders. But he's the oldest of the three that we're talking about. Arvid Holm is 23. Yeah. And I can tell you this, Huss, the Jets did not sign Oscari Salmonen. And, and, and more, more importantly, he didn't agree to come over to North America uh, and leave the, the, the Liga where he was playing for the last few years in, in, uh, in Finland. He didn't come over here to go play in the East Coast Hockey League, for example. He's here to, to play in the, in the American Hockey League at, to start. They are really high on this kid. Um, he's big. I mean, you notice it out there. And his numbers the last two years in Finland, like I'm looking here, this is in the top men's league. His numbers were stellar. 207 goals against, 920 save percentage last year, 29, 14, and 11. And then a buck 99 and a 911 save percentage the year before. This is a guy that they feel has real potential. 
And I think they feel the same way about Arvid Holm. I think they felt that way about Mikel Burden at one point. I don't know if they still do feel that way. And there's only so much room in the crease, right? So, um, yeah, I think, you know, a shoe's going to have to drop here in, in the next couple of weeks. And I'm curious to see what it is. As I say, I, I find it interesting that um, here we are now. We'll be through two games of, of the preseason. Burden will be the odd man out in terms of he won't have even dressed yet, even as a backup. And, you know, whether or not that that's foretelling what, what may be in the plans or not, uh, we'll have to wait and see. Mike uh, McIntyre, Mike, hey, before we go, uh, just wanted to quickly get your thoughts on uh, the way the power play is looking. Um, Shifley, Connor, Ehlers, essentially the top line, along yeah. with Morrissey and Asimont tonight. I think that's being a placeholder for Pierre-Luc Dubois. And a very interesting second power play unit that includes Blake Wheeler, who's really been the you know the way the the place the entire power play has gone right. through in previous years. Cole Perfetti, Adam Lowry, Vili Hainala, and Neil Pionk. Um, listen, a lot of people feel it's been long overdue that Nikolai Ehlers gets a more prominent role on the top power play. It looks like we're seeing that as well, and uh, I'm interested to see how evenly they'll split time in normal circumstances or whether they kind of ride PP one, like happened quite a bit in the past of really leaning on that top unit and not having a lot of time left for uh, the second. Yeah. Uh, I suspect Blake Wheeler will have something to say to his teammates if they stay out there too long on PP one and he's waiting on PP two uh, to come over the boards. Um, because it is interesting to me, that's the most interesting thing, Huss, is that Blake Wheeler has been separated. Um, he, he was separated from the captaincy by Rick Bonus. Now he's been separated from his usual spot on the top power play unit. I mean, uh, whether or not they were playing together, and I know there was lots of debate about whether Shifley and Wheeler should be together five on five, but they were really inseparable on the power play, right? And and even when Shifley, Connor, Wheeler got broken up five on five. They'd still reunite on the power play. Well, and there was a lot of angst around here, justifiably so, about Nikolai Ehlers being on the second power play unit, which, again, given the disparity in time, often meant that he'd only get on for the last 30 seconds. And usually Nikolai Ehlers would create something, you know, magical in that quick window and you just say, man, if only they could have got him on a little earlier. Well, now he's on PP1, at least to start, um, along with Shifley, Connor, and we assume Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, and Josh Morrissey uh, as the lone D-man back there. So, I mean, I'm sure Rick Bonus will will say that he wants his power play units to kind of spread the wealth and spread the time. But when you look at what they have on their top power play unit, it's hard to imagine that that group won't often be out there for long stretches of power plays. Um, as for the second unit, I'm kind of with you and what you said earlier to Sean, and who is the trigger man there? Um, you know, Wheeler, of course, more of a playmaker. Adam Lowry, he's going to be the net front guy, you know, causing chaos. Cole Perfetti, um, I suppose they'd, they'd be in Cole's head saying, kid, you got to shoot the puck here. You're going to get the puck. Uh, Blake will make sure he gets it to you a lot. Uh, you got to shoot it. And it does create a potentially interesting dynamic for Cole Perfetti. While guys like Wheeler and Lowry do a lot of the heavy lifting, if you will, maybe that opens up some space for him. Uh, and so it'll be interesting to watch. I mean, I, I do think, as I said earlier, 
Nate Schmidt probably is on that power play with Neil Pionk and Billy Hanela comes off. That is if, 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 if Hanela is in the starting six, he's in your lineup. Yeah. He's probably on your power play. I'm just not convinced he's going to be one of the six defensemen to start the year. Uh, but if he is sure he's on the power play. Um, so, you know, it's, it's an interesting look for sure. Uh, and the jets just started kind of touching on power play work today. Rick bonus says that's going to become a real focus of training camp and as we move into this weekend and early next week. Uh, so we'll start to get maybe a bit better idea of, of exactly how guys are going to work and where they're going to be on the ice. But uh, obviously a strong power play can go a long way. Uh, it's such a fine line in the NHL between success and failure, you know, winning and losing. Uh, a good power play can, uh, can, can win you a lot of hockey games. Mike, great stuff as always. Looking forward to seeing you down at the rink. Enjoy the game tonight, and thanks so much for the, your time. You bet. Have a great week. Good stuff. There is Mike McIntyre of the Winnipeg Free Press. Um, all right, folks, we've got a ticket giveaway, to, and we've got a few pairs. So uh, if you're thinking about, ah, I wouldn't mind going to the game tonight, make sure you stick around. We'll have your chance to win in a few minutes. We're also going to hear from Rick Bonus and take a quick trip out to the Downs and hook up with Darren Dunn before the final two days of live racing. Uh, a big thanks to Princess Auto. And again, big congratulations to the two Princess Auto teams, Reed Carruthers and Jennifer Jones, both getting big wins out in New Brunswick on the weekend and bringing home 50K a team. Great starts for our friends. And of course, maybe the WST bump helped to get there. That's how we started off the month, hanging out with both of those teams and, well, already in the winner's circle. Princess Auto, proud sponsors of Curling in Manitoba and in Canada, Winnipeg Sports Talk, and of course the Bombers, Friday night game, pregame, you know where to go, Princess Auto Tailgate Zone, just outside the stadium, $5 beers, three fifty hot dogs and pop, DJ finesse spinning, uh, be a great, great atmosphere um, for what should be a great crowd on a pretty nice day, getting above 20 degrees on Friday for the third regular season matchup between the Bombers and Riders. Of course, Princess Auto is the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Two Winnipeg locations, Panet Road, Portage Avenue West, and you can always shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. Um, and of course, a big thank you to our friends at Culligan Water, the water experts for over 65 years in business as a family owned company here in Winnipeg and great supporters of WST from the start. Uh, they've got it all for you for your home, cottage, or office water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, and citywide water delivery services, as well as commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Pop down and see them at 1200 Sergeant Avenue or give them a call at 694-5180. And you can always check on all the products and services that Culligan has waiting for you and your family online at drinkculligan.com. Uh, Cheers to our friends at Canadian Club, Canada's favorite whiskey, and our favorite Canadian whiskey here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. And, of course, the favorite whiskey of Bomber fans. Friday night game, riders in town. I have a feeling there'll be a few CCs poured at the Rum Hut. And, of course, you can also get the great taste ready to drink in a can. Canadian Club and Ginger Ale available at the Bomber game and now available at your local beer store. Grab the CC and Ginger in six packs at your favorite bottle shop, or you can pick it up along with all the family Canadian Club products at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. And 
the folks at Canadian Club were kind enough to fire us a pair of tickets for tonight's game. So we'll have those coming up for you and your chance to win in just a couple of minutes. And man, it was fun last night. Popped by Boston Pizza, St. Vital. Met up with uh, my brother and my boy Scoops to split up our Jets tickets. A little last minute, but uh, we got it done. Caught Monday Night Football. Scoops won one of the draws, spun the wheel, and won some pizza flights. All oh, those are good. Three different little six-inch pizzas. A great sampler to uh, have when you're maybe having a few cold ones. Of course, you watch every game, NFL game, on the big screens of Boston Pizza. Enjoy Boston Pizza flights and ice-cold bud draft on special for 5 bucks every game. And in addition, you can enter to win one of two grand prize trips for two for an NFL weekend in Vegas, including airfare, hotel, NFL game tickets, and a bonus NHL game. November 11th to 13th, Raiders Colts and Golden Knights versus Blues. And New Year's Eve weekend, Raiders 49ers and Knights Preds on New Year's Eve. Watch the NFL and enter to win at any Winnipeg, Selkirk, Steinbach, Morden, and Portage, Boston pizza location. All right. We still have tickets to give away. And I do believe we're going to hear from Coach Rick Bonus as well. Um, let's get Remus back in here for... Uh, Real great Jets conversation going into tonight's game. And I know we're going to send a few of our viewers on YouTube to the game tonight. Um, what uh, what did Bones have to say? He's talking about uh, lineup tonight. Uh, we're talking about Saku Mainalainen getting in, a veteran lineup. So that was the uh, talk. Did you want to get to that after Darren or before Darren? Well, you, you know what? I think if we've got that right now, um, why don't we uh, why don't we quickly get to get to Rick Bonus and just continue our Jets conversation and we can uh, get to Darren while we load up everyone that wants a chance for tickets and we'll finish off with our cool bet lines and the tickets after we head out to the track. Okay. I didn't put the list of clips in for you. I was going to do that during during Darren, so but uh I can just run through these real quick. Let's do it. As I get get it ready so you can hear it. Here we go. So first clip was bonus act asked about uh, the veteran lineup tonight. Here it is. We're trying to, uh, we got to get guys in games and we're, there's only six games. Uh, we're going to Montreal. That'll probably be a younger lineup again. Um, but we've got to get some veterans in the game now. And we want to get, when we get down to those last three games, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll see more of probably what the lineup could look like on opening night. Uh, we just we've got to get these through for get through these three games. Try to get everybody in as much as we can, and then when we get down that last week, then yeah, we gotta we gotta bear down a little bit more in line combinations. All right, so there's Rick Bonus, sort of what we've talked about with Sean and Mike. I mean, very clearly looking to get down to their roster a little earlier, uh, and it sounds like that's going to be after Saturday night's game. Uh, uh, at home, which of course will be the big game of the preseason fan wise, Howard Chuck statue unveiling. And speaking of unveiling, once we're done these and we're doing our draw, I will unveil the Dale Howard Chuck coin you that is one? going to be given away at the game on Saturday night. Yes. How's that for a tease? Uh, wh what's what's next from bones. Okay. Talk about uh, Mike mentioned this as well. And the next one was actually his question, but Talking about uh, Saku Mainalainen getting another look tonight. Uh, here's Rick Bonus. Um, okay, like uh, Mainalainen, he played really well in Edmonton, so we're giving him another look. So if you're going to get a chance, grab it. 
and because if uh, you're, there's only so many games, and uh, it's different when you play eight, eight exhibition games. You can be a little more patient, um, and we're coming off of a season where clearly we missed the playoffs, we, and we only have six. We got to get down to our, our numbers as uh, when we as, as soon as we can. All right, so uh, Sacramento Island, as Mike mentioned, uh, getting another crack at preseason action tonight after catching the coach's eye in the preseason opener on Sunday. Um, I know we got a couple more Bones clips. One more just on uh, Maylene and what he brings uh, to the lineup and what they want to see. He's a good skater, good, good skills, so he can move out there. Uh, we're going to use him as a penalty killer tonight. Um, so the, the more we watch him, the more we like. Um, so it, it probably helped them go back in Europe. Sometimes they come over early and they don't feel comfortable. They go back home for a while and then they're anxious to get back here. So uh, again, was he scheduled to play tonight? No. Uh, did he have it? But he played really well in Edmonton. Well, we we liked what we saw. Now his minutes were low because he didn't kill penalties or power play. So tonight we're going to try to bump up his minutes and get him on the penalty kill. Well, and uh, you know, and you mentioned, and you know, with Saku getting in on the penalty kill, I mean, that is a clear indication that you know he's not just you know he's earned another uh, another night in the in the lineup, and you know it's a feel good story. They're looking to see if he can do what he did in the preseason game at five on five, but also fill another role. And certainly the penalty kill under Rick Bonus. I think everything is on the table right now. Scotty Arneal are going to be handling that PK unit. And that's a big, big opportunity for Manalainen to maybe sort of separate himself from a number of the other players that are somewhat on the periphery. Now, the one other clip we'll get to, talked a little bit about Manalainen getting an opportunity on the PK. We talked about the power play and the way the power play is going to look for tonight's game. Um, but here's Rick on putting together that power play and preparing them for the upcoming season. Like today was the first day we really did what, uh, got into it. But after the... Um... After the game here against Edmonton Saturday night, we'll have three days of practice before the next game. We're going to really focus then on three on three, four on four, face off, six on five, five on six. And then when we, uh, we go to Banff for three days, we'll focus then again. So we've got six days planned that we're going to put a lot of time into specialty teams. And, and so, uh, again, we're implementing different things. we got to get that down first, but we also have to improve our specialty teams. And they're, and they're going to get a lot of work once we get by these three games. All right, so there's Rick Bonus sort of filling uh, everyone in on the plan going forward. First three games, we'll have uh, a number of new faces. Final three games, we'll be pretty much preparing with what Rick seems to be planning on for his opening night lineup. Great job of Remus on turning that around so quickly so we have it for you on today's episode of Winnipeg Sports Talk. All right, we will take a quick trip out to the track. Darren Dunn is going to join us to discuss the final two days of live racing. And folks, stick around for this one because you're going to want to know on some massive mandatory payouts that are going tonight and potentially tonight and for sure tomorrow. Um, so we'll get to that. We will have some picks at the end of the program as well as cool bet lines. And we've got the Wheel of Winners all fired up. Got four pairs of tickets for this game tonight from generous WST listeners that weren't able to make the game tonight. So uh, stick around. We will be doing that coming up very close. Just before we get to our good friend Darren Dunn, 
Um, do want to thank Nick and Nikki DQ and Nick, great supporter of ours from the get-go. Of course, they've got four locations in Winnipeg and Manitoba, the DQ in Niverville, as well as DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. Uh, going to be a great week and a perfect time to enjoy the sunshine and get one of the uh, delicious summer blizzard flavors, including the Kit Kat and the Reese's Pieces peanut butter um, cookie dough blizzard, my personal favorite. But don't sleep on the stack burgers, honey barbecue, chicken fingers, and more, all available at your local Nick and Nicky DQ. And if you're planning an event, cake that might help out, there's nothing better than a DQ ice cream cake. Hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. Let them know exactly what you're looking for. They'll custom make it for you, ready for a quick and easy pickup at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. Great night on the weekend in downtown Winnipeg. We talked about that with Hammer yesterday. Um, man, Little Brown Jug shut the street down, and it was just an amazing party for Nuit Blanche. Um, if you haven't checked out Little Brown Jug as well as the beautiful new patio that hosted our first sports trivia night, you got to get down there, William Avenue. And while you're there, check out all the amazing Little Brown Jug beers. You can get them in cans to take home or sip a few pints and enjoy with friends down at Little Brown Jug on William Avenue. Of course, Little Brown Jug available at your favorite beer store as well. And the 1919 on tap at fine restaurants throughout the city and province. And as we mentioned, it is the final two days of live racing in Assiniboia Downs, but still lots to come this season. Uh, you know, it's going to be open all year round. We'll touch on that with Darren coming up. Uh, but some big mandatory payouts over the next couple days. We've got a couple days left of our picks, but you know, at the end of the season, thought we'd get Darren on today to let people know what's going on in these final couple days and some of the big money that will be going out. Um, we're going to talk to Darren Dunn right now, and then when we come back, we'll open up entries for Jets tickets for tonight's game. Hopefully, we'll see you there, so stay tuned. But first up, let's head out to the track and welcome in the CEO of Assiniboia Downs, Darren Dunn. Double D, what's up? How are you? Good to be here, man. Highly energized with two race cards to go. It's been a long season. It's been an adventure. Uh, I think it's always an adventure, but uh, we had, you know, spring spring flooding in the backstretch, delayed training, you know, that long winter we had, the snow wouldn't go away. And then when it went away, it turned into water and uh, our horses literally needed to uh, learn to uh, maybe synchronize swim rather than race against each other. And then, you know, we had some infrastructure issues that caused a, a lighting outage during live racing. So it seems like the race meet that won't end. But having said that, it's been very successful. So uh, looking forward to putting a wrap on it, a bow on it, and getting them around there safely uh, on two more race cards tonight and tomorrow night. You know, just thinking about what you just rolled out there, is there anything you guys haven't dealt with over the past few years? I mean, there's COVID <laughs> was one thing, and there's been, you know, a lot of interesting fallout from that about where you and the industry have sort of pivoted. Uh, but this year, you're right. I mean, Mother Nature, infrastructure, it's all been thrown at you, and yet here we are with the great successful season coming to an end. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, hey, listen, we learned one thing for sure. We're tough. Uh, we're an industry that can take a punch. It would be nice to uh, duck and dive a few of those instead of having to absorb them full on. But, uh, you know, uh, yeah, the, that uh, that start to the spring, it made it so challenging on the local horses to be able to uh, – uh, to be fit and ready to go to train properly uh, so much rain this spring as well so it was muddy sloppy muddy sloppy muddy sloppy and it certainly suits some horses but it doesn't suit all horses on mass and then uh, 
you know, then things seem to just break around Manitoba Derby, and it has been just beautiful ever since then, uh, save a bank of lights that went out right after race one uh, during a race card, and for safety purposes, we had to cancel. So we added an extra day. We should not have been racing tomorrow night, but we are, as we add an extra day, and we're about uh, eight or nine days uh, behind our original schedule we posted back in the spring. But here we are, and uh, as you mentioned, um, very successful year, uh, very pleased with the way things have turned out, and a lot of that to do with restriction-free in a lot of ways, and, uh, you know, just even our jockey colony hustler, uh, to be able to return a Tier 1 colony to Winnipeg and be able to showcase that to the world, highly competitive. George Carano is going to win his second straight uh, um, title in a bit of a runaway. He's just that good. Jerry Gornel, congratulations him in the trainer ranks. He's going to uh, you know, hold the prize for the fourth time in five years as a leading trainer. But uh, aside from that, as you, to your core point, a lot of challenges, but uh, mm-hmm. we're capable. Uh, we move forward and uh, with our heads held high and our, and our numbers are strong. Well, the numbers, I mean, listen, we've been following and working with you for a long time. Um, you know, looking at the size of the fields, the amount of races at times, extra ones, I mean, going eight, nine, ten deep, that wasn't the case a few years ago, pre-pandemic. I mean, there's been a lot of things that actually have been improved for you guys, and I guess it all starts with the amount that is being wagered on with this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday schedule that you've very brilliantly, I think, kind of positioned into a bit of a dark spot in the calendar. And uh, Assiniboine Allen's has been the benefactor. That's a fact. That's exactly right. It really does come down to that, without a doubt. Uh, it, it was, just to clarify that even more, it's just we uh, positioned our live race signal during that COVID period uh, when many racetracks, certainly the Tier 1 racetracks, weren't racing. So we weren't going head-to-head with Belmont Park, San Anita, Del Mar, Keeneland, Churchill Downs, etc., uh, found a niche, found a spot, as you call it, a dark spot, exactly right. So uh, less competition in the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday schedule uh, produced some tremendous, tremendous returns. But were they going to be sticky? Was it just going to be a one-off in 2020 when there was no competition of Major League Baseball, uh, NBA, NHL, et cetera, et cetera? In fact, other tracks as well. We were the first track uh, in Canada to open when COVID broke, uh, and we were able to work with the provincial government to get some protocols in place, uh, at the same time, the following year when COVID continued and that competition came back full on, it, it, in fact, our, our customers and our relationships that we built were sticky and uh, and they came back in droves. So we continue to foster that, uh, you know, developed our uh, racing signal to a, an HD format, uh, redid our graphics, redid our uh, television package, built a brand ASD Live, and again, continue to sell it to the world. Uh, growth, as we've talked in the past, in in areas that you would have never imagined a Winnipeg uh, racing scene going, but Australia continues to grow each year incrementally. And this year, we're very proud to add South America. First time we've ever shown our races for Manitoba and Winnipeg there. So proud to showcase the province and what we can do here. And, you know, it continues to have some blue skies upside ahead, and we'll nurture that further. And uh, and that's why we continue to race Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and restriction-free, uh, the amount of people who showed up, uh, the attendance on site was just tremendous. And, uh, you know, we gave that opportunity to present to, to people here in Manitoba. Lake life, we all love it. Enjoy it on the weekend. And then when you're looking for something to do early in the week, Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, uh, come on out to Assiniboia Downs. Uh, and uh, not not a lot of head-to-head competition in that regard, and it's certainly paid dividends. Well, you mentioned blue skies, Darren. Uh, it looks like the sun's going to be shining the next couple days to end the season. We've got the races tonight and then tomorrow the final day. 
comes with some uh, must-go jackpots. This is what people are really going to want to pay attention to because someone, well, there's going to be a lot of money on the line. Fill us in on how this works and why tomorrow will likely be such a big, big day for betters at the track. Yeah, well, you know, my, my fingers and toes are crossed that this pool doesn't go tonight. So <laughs> short version is tonight we're going to have a mandatory payout on something called the jackpot. High five goes on the last race tonight. Got to pick the top five finishers of the last race in the exact order, and whoever does that, however many do, uh, does that, uh, will share in in a pool that'll probably be about fifty thousand. If I had to take a guess, might even get a little bit higher. But there's been a carryover of over thirty thousand uh, dollars, as that bet has not been won in some time. So that is some sort of free money up to grab some seated pool money, if you will. Uh, but then tomorrow night uh, is something that uh, could be really epic for our wagering numbers. We have this bet called the jackpot pick five. You got to pick five winners in a row. We've talked about this before over the years there, Hustler. Once in a while, this uh, bet doesn't go uh, over an extended period of time. So the pool continues to build and build and build. So we have $500,000 in unpaid money that will be paid out 100% tomorrow night. Uh, so pick five winners in a row and grab your piece of that. I think that pool is going to grow to a million five, two million dollars. Uh, it's just going to be huge. It could be one of the biggest bets we've ever had here at Assiniboine Downs. It sets itself up for you know just a great, exciting closing day and uh, with uh, just an extraordinary amount of money that could be won. Well, it doesn't get much better than that. Darren Dunn's the CEO of Assiniboine Downs, getting us uh, up to speed on everything happening in the final two days of live racing. That being said, Double D, we'll finish up. Someone's going to be very rich at the end of tomorrow's live racing program. Um, you and your great staff never stop working, but uh, fill us in on what happens after the final day of live racing at the track because uh, certainly it doesn't go dark. There's lots to do and uh, yeah. lots of things happening for fans, especially for some of the big events of international horse racing that will be coming on later on this year. Yeah, that's exactly right, Hustler. We are open year-round. Of course, 140 VLTs, uh, you know, wagering morning, noon, and night uh, from about 11 in the morning till about midnight at night. We'll start with the East Coast tracks. You get your New York, Florida tracks, and then we'll go right across the country, and we finish up on the West Coast, even go down under their friends in Australia. So lots of wagering via satellite, wagering real-time live on big screens at Assiniboia Downs. And then, as you mentioned, there's huge, huge international races coming up. And the biggest that comes top of mind is Breeders' Cup. Uh, Breeders' Cup Thorough, World Thoroughbred Championships. It's our version of the Super Bowl, uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, etc. And that'll go from Keeneland in Kentucky this year. Some epic horses, the best in the world. They fly in from all over. Race for about $30 million over the course of two days. And again, there's no better place to watch and wager than at Assiniboia Downs Live or certainly on your HBI Horse Player Interactive account. Um, you know, other than that, facility rentals, weddings, socials, Christmas parties, uh, all of that, not sports related, but everything out of that goes right back into this sport. And uh, and that's what we're mandated to do. We love to do that, pump a lot of tax dollars in Manitoba. So we'll be working hard all winter. We're well underway for planning for 2023. Uh, have a schedule out, a signed contract with our horse people, and uh, we'll be recruiting very, very hard for jockeys, trainers, horses over the winter and uh, look to reopen with a big smile, restriction-free again in 2023, God willing. And, uh, and we'll look to continue the trend that we've been on, which has been very, very strong. Well, I'm going to try to continue the trend that I've been on, and that is maintaining my lead over Michael Remus in yeah. our year-long pick competition. Remo took last year. I am close to evening it up. And then... Hopefully we'll go at it again next year, doing the same thing for uh, who can get the first second victory of it all. It's been so much fun working with you guys, Darren, and good luck on the final couple days. I'm going to try and get out there and be part of 
Maybe get a little piece of that pick five on the final day, no? I love it. You're very welcome. Park for free, walk in for free, and uh, enjoy uh, the last two days of live racing. 7.30 uh, tonight and tomorrow night, and that'll do it, and uh, hope to see folks out. Thanks. Appreciate Darren, the congratulations support. on a great season is all, and thank you. All right, great stuff with Darren Dunn. And, uh, yeah, I know some people thinking about heading out tomorrow. Well, tomorrow will be a great night, whether you're there live or betting like we do often on hpibet.com. be a great way with a lot of money heading out, and that could be $1.5 up to $2 million with the success they've had with the signal taking it all around. Um, just quickly, I guess finishing up with Darren, let's get to our picks for tonight's uh, live racing schedule. Um, I did do a side bet on that super high five with the number of horses for race number seven. But for the purposes of our contest, race number one, uh, you know I love the wit horses. We're going with get wit gone. Uh, race number two, I believe it's another wit horse. It is wit's queso. I'm on the to win. Race number three, uh, we have horse number three, club champ. And race number four, Four, throwing down on number eight, Viral. And my final pick, we're just going winners tonight, uh, race number five, it is Wits Coco. Uh, predictable shots by me, but this is only two more chances to bet on my favorite Wit horses, so um, that's where I'm going tonight. What do you got, Reem? I won one uh, one yesterday. Who was my guy? Uh, House Limit, which I said that I had always wanted to bet and never did, and finally pulled the trigger and host limit one. So I didn't actually did okay. Nicely done. Yesterday. Race, f okay, let me see. Race five, I've got a five, six Quinella Wits Coco with my guy Drizzy, big favorite here. Race six, I'm doing a triactor box. One, two, five, Wit America. Oh man, oh man, and Wits Showtime. But if you can put two wit horses together, gotta do it. Whoa. Yeah. I got I never got to that race. I gotta yeah, you, you blew I your load all over that. <laughs> you blew your load early and didn't make it down that far. Um race seven. I got uh three nine. Uh Hen Henry's in control and nine guaranteed delivery. There you go. And the other one, race three. I'm doing another Quinella here, three five club champ and midnight salute. Nicely done. HPIbet.com. If you want to bet on a Cinnaboy Downs as well as tracks all around the world, and as Darren mentioned, still lots going on in the world of horse racing, and uh, you can watch on it, bet it out at the track, play VLTs, eat some great food. Uh, but tomorrow, one more time after tonight's card of live racing. All right, we've got some tickets to give away. We'll get to the cool bet lines maybe while we fill this up. But, um, Remo, I believe by my calculations, and thanks again to Mike Olha, uh, to Mike Lay, and to our friends at Canadian Club. I think we've got four pairs of seats for this preseason game tonight. So what we're going to do, gang, is open it up. If you haven't done this before, two things you need to do. Hit the red subscribe button and be subscribed to the YouTube channel. And then put in exclamation mark tickets into the uh, the chat. So I'll let you know as soon as it's live. Remo, if you want to fire that up right now. Here we go. It's open right now. So all you need to do, folks, is put exclamation mark tickets. We'll give you a couple minutes to put that in. 
And uh, as they say, we're not just going to spin once. We're going to spin four times and send four of our loyal YouTube viewers to the game tonight. Um, and as soon as we've got the winners, you're going to send us an email letting us know where you want the tickets to send to, and I will send them out right after the program. Um, Remo, while we're, while we're here discussing this, I uh, had a little tease that <clears throat> Saturday night is a big, big night here in Winnipeg and far from a normal preseason game. Um, it is the Dale Howarchuk statue commemoration and everyone in attendance for the game on Saturday night is going to receive a commemorative Dale Howarchuk statue unveiling coin. This is the way this is the way the piece looks. It comes like this in a nice little package. And uh, let's pull it out. This is the promo item for Saturday. Shout out to the Jets for sending this over so we could show it off. There is the oh whoa Dale pull it Howard down show. a bit oh yeah down are you seeing that yeah center nice. that bad boy ooh it's the heritage logo one side the other side the ten all Jets Hall of Fame uh, logo the shield does it have any writing on that oh man what a beautiful yep. coin it says Dale Howardchuck statue unveiled October 1, twenty twenty two. And then, as I said, right there, Dale Howarchuk, oh, Winnipeg Jets. Look at that. Send me pictures and, so we can post it on our Instagram. I will. And these are like a real heavy, solid coin. Yeah, good weight. Would make very, very good weight That's to it. That's key. They, uh, they, did this, they did this first class, much like the, the statue will be. Um, here's just a little information while we tell you. Again, exclamation mark tickets in the chat if you want to go to the game tonight. Um, so... It, it, everyone's encouraged to come down. You don't need a ticket to the game to be at the state uh, the unveiling outside. The statue unveiling is going to happen at 5.15. Site access begins at 4.30. A little bit of information on what's happening. Hargrave north of St. Mary and south of Portage and Graham Avenue between Carlton and Donald are going to be closed from 4 until 8. And uh, if you do, we work the Hargrave Street Parkades City uh, access to the key Hargrave Street Park uh, Parkades will be maintained. Um, in attendance for the event and the statue unveiling will be Dale's wife, Crystal, Chris King, NHL Senior VP of Hockey Operations and former Jet, Paul Coffey will speak, Hockey Hall of Famer and former Canada Cup teammate, Jets, former Jets teammate Dave Ellett, Scott Arneal, former Jets teammate and current Jets associate coach, as well as Mark Shifley, who, of course, um, was uh, playing for Dale in the OHL, and uh, Howard Chuck was such a mentor for Mark. So that's going to be on Saturday, and if you can, grab some tickets for the game, and you will get one of these, the Dale Howard Chuck commemorative coin that they're giving away. Um, all right, last call for tickets, everybody. AB, you just got in there. Anybody else want to go? We've got a bunch. Corey May, is Mitzi still open? Damn right, Mitzi's is still open. This is the best. Um, so here we go. We've got everyone in that wants tickets for tonight's game. And again, yep. only put this in if you're able to go, people. Like, that's the one thing. It's great that we, we want to fill these seats. We've got some nice donations from some folks that can't make the game. So uh, hopefully everyone has just entered if they are able to go. That being said, we're going to spin the wheel in just a moment. Um, uh, Remo, you want to close that up? 
Should I close it? Sure. I was going to touch on a couple other things if we need to before we get to the cool belt line. Okay, la last, last, last call for a ticket. Okay, this what is the last call. Did you see this press release going around? I see a bunch of media people talking about it. The most handsome NHL head coach. Total rankings. fake news. Um, like, they Jane put Woodcroft? Into, they put it into some app. And uh, gave everyone like a score. I guess it, it, the computer measures your face. Yep. Rick Bonus, number six most handsome coach in the NHL. So, Rick Bonus should be higher. He should be ahead of Jay Woodcroft. He should be ahead of Daryl Sutter. Uh, he should be ahead of Derek Lalonde. John Hines, I guess. Maurice, Maurice, you know he's a uh, man. Rod Brindamore should be higher. Dallas Aikens is only tied for seventh. Yeah. Dallas Aikens should be way higher. Uh, I agree. He's a hunk. Um, yeah. Who else do we have? Torts is uh, into the top 10. Who is the poor sucker that's like last in the league? P I was surprised Peter Laviolette. I don't know. I thought he's... La he's oh, guy. the disrespect on yeah. Lav. Jeez, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a tough look. John Cooper, um, he, I, he should be higher than 27. I don't know. Maybe they didn't uh, like his cryptic uh, quote from the Stanley Cup final. They weren't... They weren't a fan of that. <laughs> uh, Phyllis, Coach Bonus looks like he's 50. No kidding. Uh, Jay Miller, yeah. Bonus is hot AF. <laughs> and then Our guy getting a lot of love in the chat. Yeah, I don't know about that and how they did it. That being said, I mean, we couldn't really, you couldn't have this conversation about women, so we probably shouldn't be doing it about the men either. We handsome. shouldn't be shaming Peter Laviolette for being the least handsome NHL coach. I've the seen program. them do this with baseball managers, like because you got some really handsome managers, um, like Tony Larusa. No, he's not up there. Not up there. <laughs> I, mean, I think like uh, what Mike Matheny was on there for a while, or Brad Osmus. But uh, this is most handsome NHL coaches. So if anyone wants to weigh, maybe this should have been our Daryl Sutter at number two. I mean, the fact that Calgary and Edmonton are one two. There's there's something up Fixes with this. In. And, I agree. And, and to be honest, and again, this is not to slam anybody, but I would have expected that Jay Rudcroft would be closer to 32 than one. Never mind, actually one. But um, there's your <laughs> there's your bizarre press release in advance of NHL season segment today on uh, on the show. Yeah. All right, let's get these uh, let's get this wheel of winners going because we got to spin it a few times and send some of you out to the game tonight. And um, as I said, you know, I think I'll have a full report tonight or tomorrow on everything happening around, um, you know, some of the things for, for ticket and season ticket holders. Still figuring out how the discount card's working this year and uh, what the pregame specials are. I do believe they're doing beers up until the end of warm-up for $6, but we'll confirm all of that. And then again, Saturday, if you are able to, get down for the statue unveiling, and if you can, get into the building, and you'll get one of these sweet Dale Howard Chuck commemorative coins that I think will be a great, great memory of one of the all-time greats of Winnipeg Jets hockey. Um, all right, the raffle's closed. While Remus gets this set up, uh, not a busy, busy night tonight, uh, but let's get to the National Hockey League. And as we mentioned, uh, there's no preseason odds tonight. They're probably smart. I think some of these games will be a complete mismatch. Uh, but the Blue Jays are back at it. Thrilling walk-off win last night against the New York Yankees. And tonight, 
They are a very slight home underdog. Minus 101 for the Blue Jays. Yankees minus 111 as the Jays look to officially lock down their spot in the playoffs. Tampa Bay Rays plus 130 underdogs in Cleveland. Another game of important in the wild card race. And as far as football goes... We'll be getting to the CFL lines tomorrow on the lock shop, uh, but NFL lines are out. And Thursday night's game, Dolphins and Bengals, still waiting to hear officially what the, the stat of Tua is, although considering he played the second half against the Bills, you'd think he'd play, whether that is smart or not. Uh, Dolphins are now four-point underdogs on the road against the Bengals uh, for the Thursday nighter, and the Vikings, two-and-a-half-point favorites in London. Early game, Vikes fans, on uh, on Sunday. Make sure you put that in your calendar and wake up and don't get ready to watch the pregame show and catch the last five minutes of the game being overseas. Cool bet. Great partner of ours. Use the promo code WST if you haven't played there before. Get you a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks on your first deposit. Made a lot of people some money in the lock shop last week. We'll be doing it again tomorrow. CFL picks, Thursday nighter picks on Thursday. And then on Friday, our best bets of the week. Went 7-1 and one between Dusty and myself last week. Got a nice little parlay for the picks as well. So hopefully we can keep that going into week four of the National Hockey League. All right, everyone. Thank you for uh, hanging out with us till the end of the program. And uh, I wish you all luck for uh to get out to, for some tickets again thanks to mike lay mike oha and of course james and the gang over at canadian club for the tickets that we can uh, get some of you out to the game tonight for the first look at the winnipeg jets with the top line intact shifley ehlers and connor tonight uh remo we ready to spin we're ready to spin all right. So again, we've got four of these. Spin the wheel. We've got four of these. Here we go. All right. Can we? Or no? Here we go. Right, yeah. Oh, it's cut off there. Oh yeah. Sorry. Okay. We can go <laughs> spin it. There. There we go. All right. We spin it the first time. Should, Who's our first winner? I'll put you more beside it so you can touch it. Hold on. First winner is. Oh, Bridget. Bridget. Lucky. Bardo, congratulations. And again, I've got some few. We got some lower bowl seats for you, Bridget. I think I've got a pair of upper bowls and I think three in the lower. Um, I'll basically just give out what I think the best seats are as we go in order. Uh, Bridget, send us an email, winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com, and I will send you the tickets after the show. All right, so Bardo is first. Remo, who's winning the uh, second pair of tickets right now? Okay, we need it. Let's go up. Right. And Bridget, if it goes on her again, uh, she's not. We're not going to yeah. give it to her. I'm just not yeah, going to go it, and take it. Yeah, her yeah. Name we're out. not taking you out. If it's a repeat winner, we spin again. All right, winner number two for a pair for tonight. Jet sends. Love the wheel of winners. We got. Doug Phil. Right on, Doug. Doug Phil has a, had a couple of close uh, close calls in the uh, marble race lately, uh, but a winner on the wheel of winners today. Doug, same thing. Send an email, winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com. Let us know where you want me to send the tickets to, and I will email those to you after the program. And Maybe see it tonight. Maybe you'll meet Bridget. I think you guys might be beside each other tonight. So uh, always nice getting the, our folks together. All right, Remo, let's uh, have pair number three for 
our wheel of winners. Give it a spin. Dino Apostolopoulos. Dino, congratulations. Dino Apostolopoulos. Uh, Dino, email us, winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com. And we'll make sure we get you those uh, tickets sent out and hopefully see you tonight. All right, we got one more pair to go. Remus, fire it up and uh, fire away with one more spin. Yeah, Mrs. Emus says, oh, come on. It was very close. It was very close. It was. Last one, too. Dermot Crotty. You writing these down? I Yeah, I'm writing them all down. So we got Bardo. That's Bridget. We've got Doug Phil. We've got Dino Apostolopoulos. And we've got Dermot Crotty. And hold on a second. Let me just... You just make sure. I'm going to sign in because we may actually have, I think I might actually have my own seats. Did you give away your own by accident? I didn't, but I might because my lower bowl as well. Okay, awesome. Accept those. Thank you very much. Those are good to go. Okay, so my tickets for tonight's game. By the way, doing folks, some, you in your uh, Ticketmaster app there? Yes, yeah, that's exactly what I'm in. You know right your now. password? Pardon me. You remember your password? I always, I forget my password every time, and so I just go forgot password <laughs> and it emails you, and then you go to reset it, and it's like, oh, that was already your password. You can't make it. That. Yeah. Like, well, I, why I, didn't I, it work the first time? Like, <laughs> no let me make my password what I want to make it. You don't tell me that I can't use the same password again. I don't. It always bothers me. Uh, All right. Okay. Guess what? We've got good news for everyone that was a close call. We're gonna do one more pair because uh, I will uh, give out my seats for this game because I'm gonna be sitting in the lower bowl in my other seats. So, uh, Remo, do we still have it there? Can you spin it one more time? Oh, yeah. We got. It. Uh, here we go. All right, one more spin of the wheel for uh, tonight's game, folks. Let her rip. And it's... Who is it? Oh, man. Oh, my God. Randy. Randy got toasted there. Oh, it was almost on him, but... Was it ever? Was it ever? All right, Coachy51. Okay, so, folks, you know what to do. Bridget, Doug, Phil... Dino Apostolopoulos, Dermot Crotty, Kochi51. Thanks so much for the support. Again, folks, make sure you're subscribed to the channel. And uh, folks, send us an email right now if you can. WinnipegSportsTalk at gmail.com. And I will send out the tickets to you in the next half hour or so. And uh, hope you have a great time at the game tonight. We'll look forward to your fan experience report tomorrow in the chat of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Randy D in chat just writes LOL. Like it's literally like half on <laughs> Randy and then I guess half the other 75% on a coachy 51. That was uh that, what can I say? Calls. That's close tough. calls. 
yeah, Mrs. Emis got worked right at the end. Yeah. I think MC Stormy was a very close to winner, but um, and who knows, we might have some more seats for a couple of the other preseason games uh, if folks uh, aren't able to use them. We always love to get them out to uh, listeners and supporters of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, all right, well, listen, I got to send some tickets out, obviously, and uh, get down to this game. Great show today. Thanks to everyone that popped on. Um, folks, if you have the opportunity, you got a Jet fan in your life that doesn't know about us, let them know where they can find the show each and every day and uh, just show them how to subscribe on the YouTube channel and on their favorite podcast platform. I'll be at the game tonight. If you see me, say hi. And uh, we'll look forward to uh, breaking it down tomorrow on the show Marat has some real interesting stuff at The Athletic right now, including a fantasy preview that uh, I'm looking forward to talking about. Um, so we'll have Marat on the program tomorrow and uh, plenty of reaction from tonight's game. We'll hear from some of the Winnipeg Jets, Coach Rick Bonus, and more on tomorrow's program. That's going to do it for us. Congrats to our winners. Have a great time at the game tonight. And folks, we'll catch you tomorrow, 1 p.m. right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Have a great night. Oh, my God. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.